0: Je And you die, that's why we get high, because you never know when you're gonna go. Oh, life's a bitch, and then you die. That's why we puff, lie, because you never know when you're gonna go. Oh, life's a bitch, and then you die. That's why we get high, because you never know when you're gonna go. Oh, life's a bitch, and then you die. That's why we puff, lie, because you
1: never know
0: when you're gonna
1: go. Oh, oh.
0: The, the man's a genius. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. <laughs> To another installment of the TPS Reports podcast. Have I done
2: that, Have I done that song before?
1: Nas? Life's a bitch ah. when you die. That's why we puff lie? Is that what you said?
2: That's lie? what Google
1: says. But it's it's law. Like, you know. Spark it says the law. L-Y-E. Lie. He still read it as lie. Like uh, a... <laughs> asshole. You know the song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember
2: when I started doing these dumbass sing-songy intros. At this point, it's been a long time. It's been more than half of the episodes, and um, I'm having a a hard time when there's not a new like top forty song to goof on, and I pick from the old uh, swag bag of classics. (laughs) uh, I'm having a hard time remembering, you know, what I've done and what I haven't. That's why we puff
1: lie. (laughs) Unbelievable. Hey, it rhymes with die. <laughs> yeah, but so does lie if you're cool. Is it a lie like what you put on a dead body? Exactly. You don't puff that. It's like when Donald Trump said, drink bleach and that'll kill COVID. You don't <laughs> that puff was the just lie.
2: <laughs> a question. There are no stupid questions, you guys. What happened to that?
1: Um, TBS Sports Podcast, number 180 something. Back doing it again, sipping coffee. Very early. This is maybe the earliest episode we've recorded in a while, too. It's uh, like one
2: eighty-five.
1: Um. Yeah, it sounds right.
2: A little earlier for you. Last week we recorded, um, remotely, and out my window was a blizzard of um, um snow.
1: That's what <laughs> <is it. laughs> uh, I
2: was gonna say. Of of blank proportions.
1: Um, but I'm not quick enough he was gonna say the n-word of the, of the n-word <laughs> proportions he blanked it out
2: <laughs> um, and this week i'm recording and out my window is beautiful blue sky sunny florida oh good for you uh it's fantastic not no no snow
1: no masks just freedom <laughs> just freedom <laughs> they're knocking the uh there's like uh i actually wrote down in my like horror movie notes uh note thing i have like mm-hmm. the the level of uh, precarious icicle that is dangling like off of the rooftops of everywhere, like it looks like uh like wind chimes, like the whole like the way it right. goes down, it like the they get bigger and then it kind of goes like like notes there on, are, a, um, on a xylophone. Um, and they like, there was one that was like a giant spike, like in a horror movie, that thing would fall and someone would look up and it would go through their mouth and out their chin and blah, I'm and sure there's impaled ten movies where that has happened. Well, like, yeah, th- that's now Let's I make have 11. to, that's in my, I'm going to make it 11. Exactly. Like I was thinking like a mob scene where, you know, they hang somebody out over the balcony or like they push him out, like kind of hang his head backwards over the like, balcony like that. Vanilla ice. Um, Right when he uh Martin Lawrence, a la nothing to lose. <laughs> um, but then yeah, like a wintertime scene like that, uh, with the fucking icicles overhead. Either way, it looks like uh like I was shoveling a little area. It's just like you icy. Would... So I was I was like shoveling the extra uh bits of shit blocking the walkway the other day and I'm like you know, I'm like right underneath where if one of those did fall because the shovel hits the fucking step and then it sends a reverberation up or something, that shit would hurt. That's like if like ten people die every year from fucking vending machines, then
2: ten people have to die from sharp you would bicycles. You think a thousand would have died this head.
1: week with all of the the weather stuff between Texas and here and everywhere that's just fucking freezing cold? But that's what they're doing out back today. They start at eight a.m. Again, they don't they don't do anything like I don't know during regular up and atom hours. It's like quarter to seven, or I'm sorry, quarter to eight. I'm like taking the dog out. And they're starting to, like, uh, take a stick to all the icicles. It just (laughs) creates noises of splash, splat, and, you know, shatter. It's like, can you wait until high noon when it's a little warmer, you fucking assholes? I know we live in a city, but do we have to abandon all, like, early morning, don't wake everybody up etiquette? Exactly. Like, safety first, but also, you didn't do this shit for the last two weeks. Why does this morning have to be, you know, why can't you wait four more hours?
2: I was recently watching, uh, I've been watching old uh, the show Louie because ever since Louie CK was exiled, you can't find that show anywhere. It's weird to me. I've I've mentioned this before. And for good reason
1: because if you watch that, then you're going to abuse women. Exactly. I've jerked off in front of 10 women already.
2: Um, It's just, I don't understand I've said it before how when a guy gets quote unquote canceled they take some of his material off of streaming service. It's like the material is still on streaming services. You just have to pay them extra to watch it. You know? Um, I think you could just as easily shape an argument as to like why that's not good. You know, uh, it would be better if you gave the guys uh, content away for free. You know, now you're going to profit off the jerking off monster guy. Anyway. um, It just reminded me of that scene where Louie's sleeping and the garbage guys outside are, are, uh, being really noisy. They're like smashing the cans against the side of the truck and everything. And it all leads up to like, they kick his window in and they're like dumping garbage on him, on his bed and like jumping on his bed. That's
1: like a great cinematic (laughs) reveal or like interpretation of the obnoxiousness of how it sounds from the street. Yeah. It sounds like it's in your room. It's so loud. So like that scene is the the... garbage men coming in the room and smashing the lids together, like crash symbols and shit. Like
2: exemplifies what it's like living in the city. Yeah, early morning morning noise constantly and it sounds like it's
1: in your own bedroom. (laughs) Um, That could, you know, talking about uh, cinematic integrity, a scene like that, something I wanted to bring up. Did you see, well, he already said it, but um, Scorsese doubling down this week. Scorsese takes aim at streamings, lack of curation, and more. Cinema is being devalued by content, um, was the headline. I guess uh, Martin Scorsese made a um, an article about Federico Fellini, but is ultimately like using Fellini as a baseline for when cinema was like form and art, and now it, right. all video media is pretty much just looked at as content, which makes just us consumers, you know, which is totally how it is. But they used to offset that with the like uh, the art of cinema, right? And he's saying it's all being lost. He, he gets in trouble the last couple of years in Oscar season because he says something about like how superhero movies are, are right. bullshit. They're not movies. Is he lying?
2: I was saying the other day, like we were remarking on Black Panther being nominated for best picture. I don't remember how it even came up. It's just. Yeah. Obnoxious.
1: Um, um, so I read this article. But yeah.
2: Like uh, these streaming services, I don't see them being that much different from like social media platforms. And we've talked before about the infinite scroll like the purpose of the infinite scroll and why these social media platforms all adopted it is because they want you to keep their, their main goal is to keep you there as long as possible. And streaming services have become the same way with content, this like endless stream of content that, yeah, the, like integrity of artistic film is being jeopardized because it's not really taken into account anymore. And didn't I just
1: say a couple weeks ago with the whole Maltese Falcon argument, and which is true, it's like I'm more inclined to watch some modern dog shit that's recommended to me than like really find... Be interested enough to dive into and watch fully without being distracted by smart technology. An old movie, like a ninety or eighty year old, or anything totally. basically beyond the sixties. Um, it a it lot is of getting these... harder for me to like engage in those, and I wonder why. I think it's half because I'm half interested, and the other half because they're steering my interest away from them. It's all about the now, <laughs> right? Um, I watch a lot of those old movies
2: with my grandpa, and I will fucking you know twenty five minutes into a. 60 year old movie be reaching for my phone and usually what stops me is like his judgment he'll always be like he'll see me touch my phone and be like you know what are you doing with your machine Yeah. he always calls it my machine um so so it's it helps uh in those instances to like avoid it just to avoid the old man's judgment
1: it says as yeah, recently when, is well this is uh now this is an article kind of quoting parts from Scorsese's Fellini write-up as recently as 15 years ago the term quote content was heard only when people were discussing uh, the cinema on a serious level and it was contrasted with uh and measured against, quote, form. Scorsese writes, Then gradually it was used more and more by the people who took over media companies, most of whom knew nothing about the history of the art form, or even cared enough to think that they should. Content became a business term for all moving images. A David Lean movie, a cat video, a Super Bowl commercial, a superhero sequel, a series episode. It was linked, of course, not only to theatrical experience, but to home viewing on the streaming platforms that have come to overtake the movie going experience just as Amazon overtook physical stores. He also points out how streaming services are good for filmmakers because he has the Irishman and he's working on something for Apple or Amazon or some shit right now. Um, But it's not to say that there isn't a point to be made there of like the art form being lost in uh, consumption. Right now and the way it's packaged and algorithmically fed to us and everything, you know, lost in the sauce. If you will. (laughs) Um, Yes, I think that's how the children speak. (laughs) Uh uh The packaging of all moving images as equitable content, quote, has created a situation in which everything is presented to the viewer on a level playing field, which sounds democratic, but isn't. It, right. uh, if further viewing is, quote, suggested by algorithms based on what you've already seen and the suggestions are based only on subject matter or genre, then what does that do to the art of cinema? Scorsese adds curating isn't undemocratic or elitist, a term that is now used so often that it's become meaningless. Uh, it's an act of generosity. You're sharing what you love and what has inspired you. Um, algorithms by definition are based on calculations that treat the viewer as a consumer and nothing else. Uh he, he says much, much more about it, but, uh, and like I said, he says this stuff about superhero movies and catches heat from all the nerds every couple of years or whatever. And this is just kind of him pushing that forward. And let's be honest, you know, it's, Scorsese's not going to be around forever. And he's kind of saying like, you can't trust the industry to keep the art of cinema alive. And, and he's going to be, you know, dead sooner than later he's an aging man and it's like if he's the last person who gives a fuck um you know it we have to as viewers or you know i say this to you knowing you're more of a movie going experience fan than a sit in your living room and stare at blue fan so since um, i'm in florida I, i will be trying to see
2: a movie or two in a theater while i'm here yeah (laughs) the problem though is like
1: hey music box is opening this week or next week most of
2: most of the films you can see in a theater right now are already streaming on platforms and i I have to weigh is this going to be worth me paying money to go see and like traveling and paying for parking etc
1: and sadly Uh, a lot of the stuff that you would rather pay for is that superhero content shit where it's like well i want to go see the the big screen like effects and the new technology so it's like and then if you choose that and then you choose to stay home and watch a scorsese movie because it's not so big screen worthy then is he losing money are the filmmakers who are putting more into it losing money and then then is marvel just capitalizing furthermore on the way we all approach going to movies like well i only go to see superhero shit in movie theaters now just because i think black panther uh wasn't a movie that was really worthy
2: of, of being nominated for best picture. And I agree with Scorsese that most superhero films aren't, doesn't mean that I don't, that I'm incapable of enjoying them. uh, And that I don't like prefer to go see them on a big screen. When I have an opportunity, those are the kinds of movies that are made for big screens and shit. Yeah.
1: Archie, come on. Um, those of us who know the cinema and its history have to share our love and our knowledge with as many people as possible and we have to make it crystal clear to the current legal owners of these films that they amount to much, much more than mere property to be exploited than locked away. They're among the greatest treasures of our culture and they must be treated accordingly. Um, But yeah, I figured that was something. If you hadn't seen that, that, you would at least agree with it. Um, I'm I'm sure you'd like the whole uh, Federico Fellini original article too. Archie, come here. Come here. Crazy! Boy. I gotta say, my my girlfriend
2: is really into uh, Fellini and like old um, foreign films. And as much as I respect them, I do find them like rough to watch sometimes. Um, because I'm just—I grew up in a different era. I'm used to a different structuring of films.
1: Right. That's what. That's what it, uh, you know. I was saying about space movies and uh, 2001. But it's like they've made so much more since then. It's gotten harder for me like if I were if I saw 2001 in theaters when it came out of course it would have like blown my mind like something three years ago and it kind of blew my mind it's Eh. definitely you can tell what's fake and and things are dated it's still very impressive I'm just saying look at all we can do now in what like 50 years it's it's imagine what Kubrick could have
2: accomplished
1: with modern day tools right and honestly there's no proof that it would be better like a lot of times those old practical sets and stuff like they hold up way better True. than the stuff that they crank out now apparently he had the
2: rights to the film AI uh with Haley Joel Osment and AI ah! and uh, starring Common and he never pro- he never um made the film because he thought uh I want to say it was something like he thought that the technology at the time was not good enough to make a fake kid. And he didn't want to use CGI because he knew, you know, it was probably 1995 or six, uh, that the CGI at that time would not have been good enough to accomplish the film. So he never made it. And Steven Spielberg wound up making it. Uh, And I thought Steven Spielberg did a pretty great job. There There are parts of that film that are kind of like drawn out.
1: You know, I don't know if I've ever seen AI. And if I had, it was when it came. It's, it's like 15 years old or more at this point, right? Probably 20. I just watched uh, The Abyss. Oh, that wasn't Spielberg. That was James Cameron. Oh, um, The Abyss is the shit. But when you said that, <laughs> and I've seen The Abyss before. I just watched it again recently. <coughs> it's and one it's of the like, few PG-13 <laughs> movies with titties. <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: because they're titties <laughs> of a girl who just drowned and they're performing
1: CPR. So it's like clinical titty. Still nice titties, though. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> that is hot. I uh, but what is that like '89 or something? That's an old movie, and it could be older '80s. Yeah, I don't know. It's late '80s, I think. But um, yeah, that's it's some definitely of the, the shit 80s. they do visual effects wise. is like, well, goddamn. Like, I I don't know. I guess Back to the Future was before that too. So it's I, they were figuring shit out uh in the <laughs> '80s. I always think that though. That's how you know uh how long ago the '80s feels to us where I'm like, right. you forget that back then they were still doing back to the future and shit. And like, okay, I guess, uh, stand out to do some visual effects. They're literally a year
2: before me. Yeah. And I don't, I like to think of myself as not that old.
1: <coughs> well, that mentality will leave soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm closer to 40 than I am 25 anymore. You know, it's sad. um, Another thing said, not even said. This is maddening. This is this is honestly all I had prepared to like talk about um, this week. Even though I found some other stories I'd like to bring up, but I went to McDonald's the other day. I went. I ran some errands. Right. I'm moving this week. Um, I've got a big exciting week ahead of me, and I have like a whole to do list. And one of them was like uh yeah running a couple errands i had to i had to go pick up a roll of quarters to do some fucking last laundry here uh i wanted to go cancel my gym membership because i'm moving to a new neighborhood and blah 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 and you you can't do it over the phone you got to sign a form so i just went in and did it and i'm driving around all early gym memberships are like impossible to cancel i thought you could just call or go online and they're like no you have to drive your car over i'm like god they make it as hard as possible it wasn't, that, And once I got there, it was just like, well, sign the paper. I was like, I've you couldn't friends. do this over the phone. <laughs> um, so then on my way back, it's still early. It's like 8.30, and I'm never cruising around running errands that early. So I text my girlfriend, who has work, that morning, and I go, you want McD's? Right? McDonald's breakfast? Not a thing we usually do, but when you think of it, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll get a McMuff. Uh, so I go get McDonald's breakfast, and she goes, yeah, get me a, a McGriddle. So I go to McDonald's, and it's been a little while, I guess, but... Not that long. Uh, First of all, McDonald's breakfast. uh, Even back in the, I guess we we are back in the days where you can only get it in the morning. They only had that for like two years, and then the pandemic came, and now it's COVID
2: fucked up the
1: all day breakfast. And I kind of agreed. Bill Burr had a bit years ago about how they never should have made it all day. And that's letting the fucking, you know, the whiny, letting everybody win. Like, no, you should have limits. You should fucking it's, make them have to get the, up early yes. to get their egg. And I kind it's of agree far with as, that. Adds to the entitlement of a, a whole generation who gets everything that they complain for. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, beside the point, I go to get, um, uh, you know, two meals, one for me, one for her. And I do. And. Um, I thought it was expensive. Like, the, I just said, right? I, I got a number two, hash brown and a drink, uh, OJ, and she got a, a McGriddle fucking meal with an OJ. How much do you think that would be? Um, just I'm, guess. I'm, uh, and a guess. I'm talking like neighborhood McDonald's, two Back meals. in the day, no more than $10, and I would assume now it was like 16 Dude, you fucking nailed it. <laughs> $16 and and Do one I know cent. or do I know? And uh, I got home, and I was like, babe, guess how much the McDonald's was? Yeah, and she fast goes, food right. is not, like, I said, when did McDonald's anymore? get so expensive? And she goes, yeah, I know, right? And I was like, guess how much it was for these two things? And she goes, 10 bucks? And then I'm like, no. And I showed her the receipt, and she's like, she couldn't believe it. I also, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I saw the screen with the numbers on it, the, the price. And maybe I just saw the price of one meal before I drove away, because it said like eight bucks. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. For the whole fucking shebang, and then exactly. I pull up, and then it's he goes sixteen oh one, and I'm like uh, uh, excuse me, a baking powder. You better be run me back off on that penny. I I go. He goes sixteen oh one, and then I go, I just go like this. I go no, <laughs> I said no. Did you not get it? It, <laughs> it, it, it him? isn't. It can't be.
0: No. No, I'm sorry. That's not right.
1: I just said no. That's not right. And he goes, uh, and then he reads me back my order. He goes um, sausage McMuffin and a. Uh, Mick Riddle? and I'm like yeah, yeah hardly anything. Uh, so then he he goes yeah he, and then he like jumbles up some nonsense that is like. I hate when this happens, and I used to have to do it too when I worked retail and stuff, and it, it sucks because you like you feel like you have to justify something that is wrong or logical and then you just don't know what to say, but you say something anyway. So then this guy starts going like, yeah, with the bacon on the McRiddle, it, it, it's it's more, and then the OJ's, and, and then he just hands me my, he goes, I'm going to print the receipt for you so you have it all right there. And I was like, look, I, I know how much you're telling me it is, but like I don't get how what I ordered is that, this sounds like when I go to the airport and I get a McDonald's breakfast, and it's right. like they they, they they fuck you on the price. And it's like, well, I get it. It's you got the no airport. choice. You got no choice. So I'm just like, I'm perplexed. And he prints out the receipt and I'm looking at it. So it's $5.39 for the McGriddle. And then for the orange juice, drink upcharge $1.80. Since when can you not? All t- switch out a coffee for an orange juice, and those are the two things with breakfast. No upcharge. <laughs> no, oh, you don't want caffeine right now, so it's two bucks. No, more. You, you have I've to I've never had that before. So that's a what it was. roll of soda for breakfast. Both of those were like, you know, I'm like, yeah, let's get OJs. I'll make coffee at home, and uh, I regret it. I just couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> I paid with a twenty, and I got three singles back with change. Fast and I'm food like is What not... the fuck just happened to me? Yeah, it used to be I a with eating,
2: you know, the garbage that is fast food, and and taking something that's not great for you, the payoff was that it's fast, and also that it's cheap. And that
1: it's exactly you know? like you could feed an army with like ten dollars at Taco Bell, and now you, two things right. at McDonald's is almost twenty. It's why you know it was assumed like that's in low income neighborhoods. This is why they
2: eat fast food so much more than in other neighborhoods because that's all they can afford most of the time. And I don't I don't get that anymore. You could just as easily go pay the same amount for, like, a
1: fucking spinach wrap. Drink up charge. I can't fucking believe. I I asked everybody. Like, I asked that guy, and and he just goes, well, the bacon is, uh, you know, the bacon. Like, I didn't get his point, but he kept mentioning the bacon. Yeah, you got the bacon on the thing. So, you know, the bacon and uh, orange juice. It's like, yeah, it's what I ordered, and why is it so much? Like, fucking explain it to me. And then I get to the next window, and I still, they're handing me the OJs, and I was like, was it more for the orange juices? Why is it so much? Somebody explain this to me. And then she just goes, Thank you, thank you, and like pushes me out the window. And then I drive away, just feeling like, I just got robbed. I just got it's, robbed. <laughs> it,
2: it's inflation. I think it's also another byproduct of um, you know, when we talk about that they want to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, that it's just gonna result in McDonald's hiring less employees and putting out more of those um was like digital kiosk ordering things. Right. On top of it, though, you're also gonna have to pay fucking another dollar fifty for your orange juice and shit. It's
1: fucking unbelievable. You know
0: what hurts the most is the the lack of respect.
1: It, <laughs> I just could. I was perplexed. I was like, Am I at the fucking airport right now? Like, I've heard of that? I was expecting the bill to be like nine dollars, and then he said like almost double that, and I go, No. <laughs> Show me that fucking receipt right now. I couldn't believe it. Um. Unfortunately, that you, is still, how it is. you still bought it. It reminds me of that uh, the Patrice O'Neill bit where he talks about inflation and how everything has to go up because that's the cycle. And he's just like, oh, like the price of bread went up. So then like peanut butter and jelly goes up. But then the, why are you raising your price for? It's like, what, what are you going to send your kid to school with peanut butter in a fucking bag with no bread? The bread <laughs> price went up. So our price is going up, motherfucker. Like, and I just, they're like, well, there's an upcharge for orange juice now. You're paying it. <laughs> I like I should have just been like no I meant coffee I meant coffee just black coffee Unfucking believable. <laughs> but yeah, they just that's how it is. It's just well, this is how we do it now. I still can't get it out of my head that that guy was like a trainee or something. He like th- this is this is wrong. That's M- McDonald's don't upcharge for an orange juice, right? Like generally I speaking, it, I just had that happen to me and it was a a fluke. I would much uh rather have an employee just tell me
2: that is what it is. Then try and justify.
1: Hey, you see, you got the bacon <laughs> over here, over there. You got your orange juice. I'm like, what it's are like you talking making, about, dude? It's uh, breakfast. Nine dollars an me. hour.
2: You know, <laughs> you don't know the reason. I don't need you to make Ooh, one up.
1: You're gonna love this one. I went to so the other morning. So I went to the bank, right, to get a roll of quarters. I said, and then I get. It's early. It's eight thirty, and it's it was a Saturday, so I was like, they always close early on Saturdays. I better get. But they, now they open late. They didn't open till like ten or eleven. I saw. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know when anything is open anymore. So then I go to the store because I wanted this vegan cream cheese. I'm like, they're out of that. And my whole life is just this first world problem after first world problem (laughs) of like, God damn it, I got to get regular shit. So I'm standing in the line with my Philadelphia cream cheese. And the guy in front of me has his own reusable bag. This whole conversation again from last year. He's got his, his reusable bag at the Jewel, And the lady goes, do you need any bags? And then he goes, well, I brought one, but I just saw your sign here. It says right there, like, you cannot bring your reusable bag in the store. And that's, I've been playing by that rule, too. It's just like, put it in the cart, and I'll cart it to my car, and then I'll throw it in the bag there. I don't fucking care. So this guy, he's me a few months ago. He doesn't know the rule. No one knows when shit is open, what you can bring in or leave with anymore. But he goes, oh, I saw the sign, uh, so I'm sorry, I can't use this. And she goes, no, you can't bring the bag in. Uh, you, or it, you, you just can't pack it in the store is the thing. That's what she said. You can't pack your own bag in the store, so you gotta put it in the cart and pack it outside. And then this guy goes like this he goes, That makes sense. And no, under, it under my mask, <laughs> I go, No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and like, so, but here's the best part he goes, That makes sense. And then she starts saying more of this like retail customer service. I have to say something, but there's nothing to be said because nobody knows why, really. She just goes Because I'm so afraid to fucking just admit that none of this makes any sense. Right. There is no logic Defy to it. Defy logic. And,
2: and what's going to happen if I break the rule and let the guy fucking put his groceries in the bag right here and
1: walk away? So she goes, you can nothing. bring the bag in, but you can't pack it in the store. You have to bring it out and pack your groceries outside. And then he goes, makes sense. And then she goes, yeah, see, we used to not let the bags in the store either, but things have lightened up recently, so we've adjusted the rule. Things and under my mask again, I up. go like, nothing about this makes any sense. Like, uh, what? what about the bag what you about know, the bag and covid are connected at i all? could
2: i could take my shirt off and yeah. i could use it as a bag sure so you already let me in the store with one bag
1: everything's a bag to, you should have to change out up. of your clothes be hosed down with ice cold water and then put on a hazmat <laughs> enter the store strip down a- go out pack your fucking own bag in your own trunk de hazmat another spray down and then you have to actually you should buy new clothes while you're there because those other ones got to you know, be burned they're you they're can pull your risk. wallet
2: out of a purse which is a bag and pay for the can of soup, but you can't put the can of soup into your purse because it's a bag.
1: Uh, no, so, but as this, <laughs> and as she's explaining the non-explanation about like, yeah, so things have lightened. Li- things have lightened up. What? Um, less people died this week, so now the bag is allowed halfway in the store. Like, what are you talking about? And then as she's going like, yeah, so it's like this now. The guy's still packing his bag, like defying the rule she just told him about not packing it. <laughs> that he said that makes sense. That makes sense that I don't pack it here. Maybe he's being shitty. And he's, he, and he's shitty, packing hopefully. it in her face. Yeah, like, and I was like, either he's a moron who's just, like, not even really part of this conversation and doesn't know what he's saying or hearing. Or, yeah, he's giving her a fuck you of, like, I hear you, and I'm saying things agreeable, like, that makes sense. But I'm packing my bag and taking my groceries home right now. Like, wh- what are we talking about here? Uh, you know, hope it's, defy life. I hope it's the latter. um, what else? I got a couple of stories here. What did I have? Anything other uh, worth talking Did you? About? uh Oh, the Patrice you, you documentary. Watch,
2: oh, I I I got like two thirds uh, through it. You, you told me last night that you watched it. So I threw it on this morning. I
1: rambled beyond it. I was doing my, I was, that was my segue with the Patrice I peanut butter and jelly bit. And then I fucking overshot my landing. Um, but yeah, I did watch that <laughs> I, anything, you know, he's just the best. And speaking of landing, did you
2: watch the Mars Rover?
1: <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, but I actually just mentioned this with, uh, I, I was talking to Drew. I had a zoom call caught up with the old production pal maybe we're working on some new things in the future Ooh, we had to touch base but uh perhaps yeah. a sequel speaking of touching base touching down landing we mentioned that and i was like when it's so weird that stuff like that happens but it's not at all the stuff we care to pay attention to we'd rather so, see who who's who tweeted a thing about the holocaust and lost their job you know people but we're on mars rather, right now we're on mars <laughs> people would rather take a big shit
2: all over ted cruz because he went to cancun uh I mean, Wild, fuck texas. Ted texas yeah but totally um but you got to assume that 90% of the people taking a big shit on the guy don't even live in Texas. Uh, we're, we're fed news that outrages us because that's what keeps you engaged and nobody. And hearing that we landed a fucking
1: rover, Yeah. You know, what's literally outrageous, literally outrageous. A helicopter that we built flying around fucking Mars right now. Like, yes, it's outrageous. (laughs) It's, it's, it's sent a a picture back. So yeah, they um, you know there's a rover on Mars, and this time it has like a drone helicopter that is collecting pictures in search of life on Mars and shit. And first of all, fascinating, so interesting. Like I don't get it. I don't get stuff, but I'm I I'm interested them. in that. But you don't. It was like hard to even hear that news. It was like it's, it doesn't. I'm retarded. Trend. Uh, I saw that it was happening and I was like, for once in my life, I'm going to
2: fucking watch one of these things. Yeah. Because I always find out about these SpaceX launches or NASA landings after the fact. And I, I follow NASA on IG. So I saw that it was going to happen. And I, I was driving uh, down, I drove down to Florida with my family. Uh, my mom and stepdad are uh, staying, you know, in Southern Florida. So they dropped me on the way. And I'm driving through like, tennessee mountains and shit and i get the phone propped up on the cup holder uh i'm retarded and was like i was picturing that i'm going to watch like a live feed from the rover and and like see mars as it lands you know we can hardly get these fucking zoom streams working <laughs> properly half the time and i'm assuming that we can stream live from or we can't even do our fucking live youtube streams in 1080p you know right So it looks like dog shit is what you're saying. (laughs) I know NASA has a little more resources than us, but I was stupid to assume that they can live stream from Mars. What you're watching is you're watching Mission Control, all the fucking, the people, uh, all the nerds, like in the fucking NASA database. Uh, And the lady who's giving you updates, she's not even watching the rover. She's getting like little, like fucking beeper signals. Uh, But it was really cool getting to see uh, a live stream of like all of the nerds
1: jumping for joy when they finally touch down. Right, it was awesome. So that's not cinematic bullshit. That's what happens in those movies. They're like, yeah, and the whole control room they high fives.
2: So they're like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, this many kilometers above the surface, and we just gotten signaled that the parachute has successfully been deployed. And then you hear some dork in the background go, "Yes." <laughs> and I assume that's the guy who is in charge of the parachute deployment. You know, it's fascinating. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a shame that more people would rather uh, partake in like divisive politics or even really, if like, they were have being, nothing to do with their lives, even if they
1: were being fed that news about the drone on Mars and everything. Like, is it really that interesting people younger than us, even like, uh, like at all if if it were trending and i'd be like yeah but where's the news about you know meek mill or whatever the fuck he did like
2: i know i guess this us landing a drone on mars doesn't do a whole lot more doesn't affect my life much more than ted cruz Going no, but it was through. an interesting
1: discussion, and I think it started when Drew and I were talking about phones and how, like, you know, technology... But we're all so dependent, and it fucks our heads up, and it's going to fuck our futures up, potentially. If like Then we, you know, about evolution and how we all get so advanced and then to the point where we just, like, start all over, whether we want to or need to, like, just revert and, uh, you know, like, putting your phone down is even that. Like, all right, I miss the days where I didn't have all this news in my face and chaos, and I wish I just had nothing there. But then I said, too... Um, I, don't, I guess that's what started the space convo or something. But it's like we're on Mars and we think we're so advanced. And we are. Like we built, somebody built a fucking thing that flew through space and yeah, is we. there now. Yeah, I did it. But like, uh, and to us, that's as, that's as advanced as we've ever been. But also, we've seen the CIA leaked uh, UFO footage where like some dude in his airplane yeah. locks in on some hyperspeed image that twists and flies away i think it's more advanced than our drone helicopter if i had to guess
2: i watched a documentary last week called the phenomenon from last year which is all about that uh wasn't as good as i wanted it to be
1: i bet it wasn't
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was saying going into it they're like i'm probably going to have seen most of the stuff they show it's still like cool but I'm saying footage and info.
1: I guess, I don't even know the point I'm trying to make. But like, if there is life out there, right? It's more advanced than we are, just based oh. on the shit it sent us allegedly, and what we're sending them. And if there are deniers out there, like basically that just have zero. I don't know if they're like Christians, faith-based people. They have zero philosophy as far as yeah, aliens, life beyond the Milky Way, any of that. It's like isn't the proof that life exists beyond earth like th- we're a flying a helicopter on Mars right now and to a Martian that's a fucking spaceship like we're right. doing it now we're proving that like things can reach other areas like beyond anywhere you could go with your own two feet you know so even if you don't believe it like you have to fucking believe it <laughs> it it's yeah. happened it happened um, our way to their direction but the thing who's is to say that the place is the
2: places we can get to are places that we know are like not inhabited and like life can't live on them. And I think we know that the, the closest place where we think there could be life is way too far for someone to travel to here, uh, you know, in our lifetimes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one of my favorite parts of the NASA Mars landing was that when they posted pictures on Instagram that the Rover sent back. You know how like when Ted Cruz goes to Cancun and he posts a selfie, he can put like the location at the top, Yeah, like posted by Ted Cruz from Cancun. It's like, they put Mars as the location. That's like the only post ever made where you yeah. can put Mars as the location. I love that. Um, so the Patrice
1: documentary was great. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, like two thirds through loving every That's actually, of it. did you get, so did it talk to his stepdaughter yet? No. Okay, well then, see, this is fucked up, because I had the whole first hour of emotions watching it into the last 30 minutes, which obviously is going to get into his death family. Oh, you know, basically right. I'm saying, I cried. You cried, you know? And I, I was going to ask if you cried too, but now I'll you're not going to, because you're going to start it like it's the beginning at that part, and you don't have the whole buildup of... Of watching the movie. I'll go
2: back to the beginning and look at the (laughs) young childhood photos. That was some. I guess what I'm saying is
1: in advance, fuck you for not crying. (laughs) But uh Patrice O'Neill, uh I would say I've always said my second favorite comedian, George Carlin, has kind of always held the one spot for me. Um and like Louis C.K. is probably third. If I'm really if I have to rank, uh, but Patrice has always been such a favorite and such a nobody really like him. He's more than just a comedian. The documentary, it's called Killing That's, is Easy. It gets into that that it's like he just wanted to a, be honest, even more than he wanted to be funny, but he could do both simultaneously. He's a philosopher. Effortlessly.
2: Yeah. He at one point in it they have an excerpt of an interview where he, he breaks down like his thoughts on how a stand up comedian should not consider themselves an entertainer. Yeah. Uh you know, that an entertainer is a juggler, you know, that a stand-up comedian's job is to always be truthful. And if that's entertaining, so be it. But
1: Patrice the, always liked to use the word righteous. And I've I've always, like, f- kept that thought with me because I don't feel like I am righteous. And, like, right. when I think about what he defined as that and I try to do – I try to be honest. I try to call people on bullshit. I try to stay true to myself and know who I am and where my opinions end and where the fucking opinions they're trying to – feed me begin you right. know and like i try but still i don't know if i'm as righteous as somebody like him who was It's who, hard he to would know. shoot himself in the foot at every opportunity because he just couldn't really l- listen to somebody tell him what the fuck to do or his right. business it's hard to take
2: his advice of being truthful and righteous right and, and knowing like am i being righteous or am i just an asshole
1: yeah and, and he walks that line because i guess you could define him as both um i guess it's it's impossible to be righteous if everybody thinks you're great because it's right. probably of whole... blowing smoke up everybody's ass to have them think that. I think that's uh, one of the prerequisites of being right- righteous is
2: not caring if somebody thinks you're an asshole in the first place.
1: But anyways, the part that made me tear up is it gets into – it talks to Vaughn, who is his uh, fiancée. Yeah, kind of she's his, come into it already. The, the voice of him, you know, his – now that Patrice has died, she's like who carries on interviews and booking things for his family yeah. and benefits. And she's his involved estate. in all that. Right. And Bill Burr is a big part of it too. Um, uh-huh. The benefits. And you went to one of those in New York. I'm assuming uh, Anthony Cumia never appears. In nope. It. That was one of my, th- it's like they talked to Opie, which uh, is hilarious, bummer. but uh, you can, and I bet if Patrice could pick like right now, who of Opie and Anthony you'd want basing, like who would you rather have commenting? Who did you get along right. with Better he'd probably be like anthony but he went to
2: anthony's he spent time in anthony's house yeah he's too lot.
1: dangerous to put on Comedy i don't even Central. like to <laughs> yeah, think of it in, in that in
2: terms of like who he would choose i just think of it as like i think if if you could ask patrice his views on anthony today that he would be forgiving of him you know for right. lack of a better word yeah uh but i, I kind of figured that he wasn't going to be asked, but yeah, and I even went in, to, in the, a way I was
1: kind of like, Hey, good for the opster. He's probably, he's probably psyched. He got to be in the Patrice doc and you know, I bet they didn't I, even invite Anthony.
2: I went to the second annual Patrice O'Neill benefit in New York city. Um, this is before ONA split up. So ONA did like the intro together. Uh, it was like the first thing the curtains opened and, and ONA kind of introduced the whole show and then Voss like MC'd it. Um, it was the shit though. Uh, it was the first time I ever saw Big J do a live set. nice. i'll I'll never forget um, his joke about having sex with a black prostitute and describing her genitals as lippy
1: and leathery. <laughs> I saw Bobo in the lobby. It was a great time. Um, and then there's like, yeah, it gets into the family. It introduces the stepdaughter um if first of all with a hilarious bit about Vaughn getting mad at him because he had some ex-girlfriend's boots in his closet and it was Uh and she needed boots because it was raining and he's like i got my ex there's this girl i used to date she left these here you could wear them and she (laughs) lost her mind and she's like oh she's coming back for her boots and then he's like wait a minute you have a kid from another dude that I, You know, those boots don't need help with their fucking homework. Those boots don't need me to talk them down after a nightmare. Right. Right. And then he gets into, like, him, how he kind of was opposed to fatherhood, which it was stepfatherhood for him. And then he starts talking to his stepdaughter, who's an adult now, and talking about the influence there. Because as much shit as Patrice will has, has caught and will always catch for being, like, a misogynist and saying anti-woman type things, talk to the women in his life, you know? And this documentary does that, and it was... They balanced commentary from his stepdaughter, who she, you know, Patrice was her best friend in her own words, and is the yeah. reason she's confident in herself and all these things. Um, they balanced that with a bit that Patrice did that I don't think I'd ever seen or don't remember, where he's talking about meeting his stepdaughter and like that whole thing about, and he didn't want it, and she'd be like, "Hi, Mr. P, are you hungry?" And he'd be like, "Sure, here's some food," and she'd be like, "This is good food," and he'd be like, "Yeah, I know," and she she'd be <laughs> like, "I love you," and he'd be like, "Yeah, you should." I'm I'm doing your daddy's work, and like he's just mad. And then over the course of the bit, it ends with him just going like, and then she says, hey, "I love you, Mr. P." And I'm like, mm. and he's he's struggling, working through it on stage. We're going like, now I love this bitch. Like now, now I gotta love. And it's it's showing him like basically falling in love like with his family. Right. Um, in, in this comedy bit where he's so so vehemently opposed to having to play that role and doesn't respect having to do the, some other man's daddy work. Uh, and all this shit, but then in the end, it's like you see the growth there, and they they talk about how uh, they had him and Vaughn got pregnant, and then they had not gone through with it, and Patrice kept the like the positive stick, mm-hmm. and she found it later. Like, what the fuck? Why did you keep this? And he like was like put it back, like emotional, but like <laughs> it made me like kind of like emotional seeing him, yeah. like working with the the parenthood thing, the fatherhood thing. I'd never really seen that as much. I didn't know that he had an opportunity, like literally was, they were pregnant and then he knew that his life was going to be cut short. He knew he was, that was kind of the conversation they had, I guess. Like, I'm not going to be here for a long time and I don't feel comfortable bringing a baby right now and leaving you alone with it potentially. So they, they chose not to, but it was, it got very emotional. And then of course he dies, uh, stroke, uh, complications, diabetic, uh, Dies at 41, like, less than a year after his first hour special, which I think, Elephant in the Room, is in one of which the funniest fucking hours.
2: I, li- I just listened to it, and it- he makes a joke about uh, that he, he doesn't, um, that safe sex is a woman's responsibility. And he's like, all I do is he does, like, the Catholic cross thing. And I go, just please
1: not AIDS. Please don't let me get sick and die. And then, like, less than a year later, he gets sick and dies. Yeah, there's actually a lot of that uh, when you look back, and I guess anybody, even you listen to Mac Miller lyrics and stuff, and he's talking about going out early and not giving a fuck, and it's just kind of bittersweet in the end. Um, I remember them saying, uh,
2: and and to me, that was like the most devastating element of uh, his death was, they said that he didn't die right away. He had a stroke and that he was like, um, paralyzed, and he was in the hospital, uh, you know, on life support. And that, you know, I don't remember who, which one of the comedians said it, but that they went to visit him and that he like couldn't speak. Uh, And to me that when I heard them tell that story, I fucking welled up. uh, Yeah. Because thinking of a guy who was so outspoken, whose whole life couldn't shut up, couldn't be able to express what was on his mind and to not for that to be taken away from him and to him have to like to still be alive. And that's taken away from him. is so much sadder than if he would have just dropped dead
1: on the spot to me. Uh, so if you haven't seen, or if you're not familiar with Patrice's comedy, there's so much to be had of it, whether yeah. it's those interview days, like Colin Quinn's tough crowd is a great period in that His whole comic, uh, like
2: 2005,
1: there.
2: uh, HBO one night stand, which I think we've remarked on before is the best season of HBO one night stand ever. Louis CK, Bill Burr, flight of the Concords, Kevin Brennan, Patrice yeah, O'Neill, Bill Burr. Did I say that? Yep. Um, <laughs> His one night stand to me is like my favorite Patrice material.
1: Yeah, a lot of like George Bush era. You know, what the fuck is a tsunami? was a big, you know, he does, his, that's uh, where he does the
2: bit. Uh, thing you just classified yourselves as a series of holes,
1: right? Nobody uh, said learn Xbox, learn how to play pool, bring in another <laughs> bitch. Has got a pussy. <laughs> uh, it's the best bit, uh, but. There was one part, too, that made me laugh. Because they, they're talking about like uh, him being from Boston, the racism of Boston specifically. Mm-hmm. He gets into that in his show. Ch- you saw that part at the beginning. And then, when dude, I laughed so hard. Uh, <clears throat> De- Dennis Leary brings him out for that like comic aid relief thing or something. Right. And then he walks out and he, dude, he goes... He just gets on the mic. It's this big event uh, for like, and all the people in the audience. It's a Boston crowd in the 90s, very white. It's probably uh, more well to do people there to donate their money to their organization or whatever at this fundraising event. And then Patrice uh-huh. just hits the mic and goes, Oh, a lot of white people. Whole lot of white people here. Plenty. <laughs> and then when he says, he gets close to the mic, goes, Plenty. I'm like, that's just, I don't know why. It's fucking hilarious says, to me. You know, it's like good plenty about, of white people. <laughs>
2: the good part about there being so many white people here is I can see my mom, and he points to his mom.
1: Right, and then they cut to her talking about it and her saying, I was the only one there, and it's Boston, yeah. and Boston was Boston. Uh, but yeah, plenty. Made me laugh my ass off. Patrice O'Neal, uh, the second best to ever do it. Now, he's the fucking best. He's uh Nobody ever liked him, and it it sucks because his whole 40s would have been spent uh, being like becoming a household name. I think he was like on that cusp. um, Absolutely.
2: He was one of those dudes who I think died like in his prime. And had he not died, like Hendrix, uh, had he not died,
1: we would have, there would have been such great material that would have (sighs) followed. And, uh, speaking of ends of eras, they announced this morning, Daft Punk splitting up after 28 years. They've been together 28 years, 1993. Oh. And there's not much info about it. 93 it's... to 2021. They released a, a thing this morning, basically confirmed by their publicist. Uh, Till. That it's... um, <coughs> It's the end. All right, don't choke. <laughs> Term speechless. He just... I was,
2: I was trying to fix my Souls of Mischief reference. Um, <laughs> I got to say, like, I, I fuck with Daft Punk, but I never really... Gave them the time of day until random access memories, and you know Which what? Was their did, last album. Um, what like convinced me to give them the time of day was the fact that Paul Williams was
1: featured on the album, and that's like maybe the best song they've ever made. I love t- touch. Right? I love the song touch by um, Daft Punk and Paul Williams. Um, you've
2: almost convinced me. I'm real. Paul Williams, the uh, writer of um the rainbow connection the uh, founder and of ASCAP <laughs> he is I don't know he's the founder co-founder he, I, or something like he that. is the president every yeah, like yeah, yeah. six months you and I get letters it's like, All right, Paul, at, we at the get bottom it. signed by Paul Williams um there's another song in that album it's that like designer panda it's his name panda. Uh, panda. Giorgio by Morador
1: yeah
2: uh, that song is this shit
1: yeah, it's just like a, it's got like a four minute intro of the guy There's talking about it. German and then it just talking. gets into like <laughs>
0: Yep. Opie and Anthony side story. When this when this album came out, I remember
1: Elijah Wood was a guest on O and A in those days. And uh, promoting whatever, and he was also a DJ, uh, you know, side hustle. Elijah Wood DJs, oh, yeah. and he was he was talking about like they were like we were going to commercial, like uh, you got you know what song would you want to play into break? And he said that one, and then they put it on, and then there's like three minutes of the Giorgio dude just talking. Yeah, and then it just say, goes. And then they came back from break, like that song fucking sucked, and fuck Elijah <laughs> Wood <laughs> for <laughs> suggesting it. Uh, I remember that. No, I love that song. It's a great song. Great album, but also I remember when I was, I think, leaving high school or early college, I got the homework CD. No, no, fuck that, dude. I was in like eighth grade. Uh, around the world, around the ooh, world. Ooh, ooh, I bought ooh, ooh. that shit. Yeah, high school, fuck that. It was so much earlier than that. And I always, like you, right? Like you from your punk household. Homework you kinda, was from 97. Right. They started in 93. Homework was 97. Damn. Um,. So yeah, I was like almost ten. I probably got that when I was eleven. Uh, but yeah, I like that's still a fucking awesome song. It really is. Like it's. I would not think have it'd guessed be dog that song shit. came out when I was seven years old. That was the. Um That was like the style of music that I denounced, but somehow Daft Punk always broke through. Like I loved Daft Punk while always kind of not enjoying techno at the time, now so more EDM or whatever the language is, but never been my cup of tea, (coughs) always been a huge Daft Punk fan to the point where I was like, they didn't play shows for a really long time when they took like 10 years off of, I don't know, not touring or releasing much. And I was like looking, they were playing shows in like Europe and I was like thinking about a college trip <laughs> like for myself to go see Daft Punk in Europe I remember when I was just like a lost soul at age 19 like what am well, I on the world? Do? but I was like making a plan at one point in my life to do that because of how like these guys like uh, who knows if they'll ever do another show again I want to fucking see or at least they don't come to America I gotta go where they are I had all that because they were the only like EDM style shit that I enjoyed but yeah they're done so good for them you know move on I guess I'm sure they'll accomplish some, they'll probably win Oscars. You know what I mean? They're going to do some other dope shit. (laughs) I wonder if
2: either of them or both are going to emerge, um, like uh, with some other name, um, like without the mask. And if they'll just let people try and article I
1: read, The article I read earlier, they had a picture of them from the nineties, like playing a techno club and with no helmets. And I don't think I'd ever seen, they were really young. You know, they right. look like they were 19 and I was, but I'd never seen their faces until I saw that picture this morning. I was like, Oh, I guess that's what those guys looked like. I mean, if uh, you saw a a
2: picture of, well, I kind of know what MF Doom looked like. I was going to say, if you saw a picture of Zev X, like. yeah. Zev from KMD, which is MF Doom's first, uh, I don't group. know, ego, alter ego. Oh yeah. Uh, if you, you know, that wouldn't, necessarily mean that you could identify uh you know the late doom without his mask on.
1: Um see so yeah, I just saw that. I saw earlier in the week, um what is this other story here? Leaked leaked Meek Mill track with verse about Kobe Bryant's death stirs criticism. I think it's still too soon. Um whether you're Ari Shafir or Meek Mill a year later. Is he like shitting on Kobe? Meek Mill is facing criticism about a track that leaked online with a line referencing the helicopter crash that killed NBA star Kobe Bryant. The song titled, (laughs) the song is titled, Don't Worry. The song is titled, Don't Worry, RIP Kobe. Uh, It's a collaboration with Mill and Lil Baby. Mill raps the verse, Yeah, if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper, it'd be another Kobe. First of all, what's the rhyme?
2: I don't know. They, they only that line in, in and of in
1: itself sucks with, with or without the reference. I mean, what do you but rhyme with Chopper or Kobe?
2: He's rhyming it with Kobe, I'm assuming. They only put in the second. It's like when they fucking put a joke in text form.
1: Yeah, I got to find the fucking song. Uh,
2: um, what's his face?
1: Uh, 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 Tracy
2: Morgan said that he would stab his son if he was gay. It's like, that's not what he said.
1: So then, um, uh, when you put
2: half of a line in in text form, kind of removes the. Context. We do need to
1: set a standard for when, like, because that's not even a bad line. But now, of course, the reaction is like, "All right, cancel Meek," <laughs> you know. But like, what? What? When is like? When is? When can you stop saying too soon? You know? Or like? Yeah, and Since when did like every like rap is supposed to be, uh
2: for lack of a better word, like a controversial art form? There's that quote to like. uh it's not art if it doesn't – I think I'm paraphrasing, but it's not art if it doesn't make anyone uncomfortable. Um, Why don't we become so fucking soft and, like, no one can walk this line? Uh, you know, these, these like, uh,
1: controversial, like,
2: punchlines are, are really – Yeah, I, I
1: guess a, I'm, pu- I'm that's, trying that's to – That's a con- part of rap music. If If that were your – you know, if I were the one to rap about pulling out a gun more so – then yeah, I guess going out with my chopper and making a Kobe reference, like I would feel like I could justify it. Like no, nah, it's, like, it's wordplay, it's <laughs> double entendre,
2: chopper, machine gun, and chopper, in the helicopter. It's not. I
1: mean, I get it. I, you don't have to. Uh, but if, like, I would assume that somebody who's fucking upset by it doesn't. Somebody. Um says, I don't know when I'll be ready to hear a song that references Kobe, but I know it ain't now, and I know that line Meek so Mill dropped, song. ain't it?
2: So don't listen to the song. I mean,
1: he he didn't
2: know when did when did we like hit a
1: point where we had to be told that? So is Meek Mill like cool or gay? Like what is, in the industry? Like does he hated or is he dope? I seriously don't know. I, think I, he's I don't one have of those an guys. Um, I think every time I hear about him, it's somebody like. Like him losing in a battle, or like I think him he's saying some guys, dumb shit on Clubhouse or something. Like, is yeah. he ever not doing something that makes people it's like
2: upset? It's fashionable to hate on Meek Mill, um, and I, you know, I don't really love his work. I think anyone who listens to this is abundantly aware that I don't listen to top forty hip hop very much. You just, cover I think it. the guys, yeah, I think the guys like a, a very capable rapper i think he's talented
1: um oh, dude all right come on i know they're being loud out there mm-hmm. anyways not much of a story here how about this one This is a better story not really alaska woman using outhouse attacked by bear from below whoa let's get into it she says i got out there and archie damn I got out there and sat down in the toilet, and immediately something bit my butt right as I sat down. Something <laughs> bit me! <laughs> oh, like, can you imagine? I, this reminds this a different story, but I remember had a few to be years a ago. a small bear. There was a story about somebody who ate, like, raw salmon every day, and they developed a tapeworm, and then they shit out, like, a live tapeworm that was, like, f- feet long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even that, whether it's going out of my butt, Something alive or something alive attacking my butt from the outside. When I was a kid, hmm. uh, I saw the movie Dreamcatcher,
2: the Stephen King story. Uh, and there's that whole scene oh, where yeah, there's is this that like with
1: Jason Lee.
2: Yeah, there's that worm thing in the toilet, and it bites his fingers <laughs> yeah. off. And for like months after I saw that as a kid, I would like every check time the, I shit check under the seat. Every time I shit, a small like in the back of my mind, there was this small irrational fear that this like worm uh, creature was going to come up and eat my asshole. <laughs> not,
1: <laughs> Sometimes uh, I feel that way, like with about like a bug. Not that one has ever crawled out of the toilet bowl or anything, uh-huh. but like I'm like, what if there was like a spider down there? And it, it's just like even thinking about it makes me fucking ill. Uh, <laughs> it's totally possible. I know it's going to happen one day. History of people and more likely to
2: happen than not. Somebody has to have been bitten on their ball bag by something that crawled out of the bowl.
1: Uh, So they're in southeast Alaska. I guess that makes more sense. Her brother heard the screaming and went out to the outhouse, 150 feet away from the yurt. Uh, There she... He found Shannon tending to her wound. They at first thought she'd been bitten by a squirrel or a mink or something small. Well, it sounds like the bite wasn't that terrible if they thought it was a squirrel at first. I
2: think, yeah, if the bite wasn't that bad and it fit inside of a fucking...
1: It was a playful, but it was a pinch. The bear was just like, hey, cutie. You know, like like a, like a boss to a secretary in the 70s. <laughs> just like, hey, years baby. Years <laughs> ago,
2: there was a story of a guy who was arrested. I think it might have been at a festival. And he was, like, hiding in, like, in the toilet of an outhouse. And not just watching women shit, but, like, getting shit on them by them. <laughs> getting shit on them on
1: him off in whose trailer they were whacking
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was uh me and berta the other day were talking about um like shit fetishes i brought up recently how like uh what was that
1: conversation like hey babe you into shit fetish? i
2: asked Um, not me neither just having a goofy fun conversation like uh if diaper play would be a deal breaker um like if Molina was into diaper play, how would you take if. that? Um, and I, probably I said probably not that be thrilled about it. I would. I said I would not be thrilled about it, but I would partake. I, I would give it a shot just to not yeah. hurt my significant other's feelings. Our
1: love is bigger than my preferences. You know, it's all about uh, give and take, yin and yang, collaboration, communication. You know, basically, you gotta, my girlfriend. You try maybe right. She would prefer that I would leave her if she was into diaper stuff. That's when you just start haggling and then be like, all right, and then we're going to have a foursome with two supermodels. And then <laughs> so, diaper stuff, yeah. Like, let's meet halfway, figure it out. So I
2: was saying, though, it got into, like, uh, you know, how there are people out there who, sh- like, are into shit. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I think that, you know, people use the words kink shaming and stuff, but I think that at some point, like, there's there's, like, a literal – Chemical imbalance, like two wires are crossed in your head. That yeah, When you be.
1: when you smell shit and you go like, yeah. and your dick gets hard. Yeah, that's not, not your wiring normal. is off for sure.
2: We shouldn't just call anything like uh, that makes your dick hard. Whoa, he has no control over what arouses him. Um, like that. Then then it's normal. I think if you're if shit makes you horny, <laughs> then there's something <laughs> fucking wrong with you. I don't know. <laughs> it's like if kids make you horny.
1: What's funny, though, is, like, right now, that's not fucked up to say, but give it, like, nine years or something. Totally. Like, There's that'll be, be the next thing of, like, you know, free body freedom and stuff. And then people Stop just saying, like, yeah, like, I, I married my diarrhea. and <laughs> That's going to be a story. And it's going to be like, what? I can't say anything about how this person sucks and is, is, is a piece of shit. You're married to a piece of shit. And then they'll be like, whoa, take it easy on his wife. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this I don't know. There's theoretical non real situation. It's ridiculous. So
2: yesterday we saw ridiculous. like a a lady walking into a restaurant and she was like like four hundred pounds probably. And she had like a pink wig and like pink furry boots. And I was saying I was joking that like I'm sorry but the pink wig the and pink the furry socks, boots. Her assholes <laughs> falling out. They don't distract me from every from everything in between them. <laughs> uh and I was saying I was joking with Berta about how like uh you know, maybe she wears because if you take like a, a four hundred pound woman and a four hundred pound man, I think once you're like four hundred pounds or, or more, you're kind of like uh what's the word? Androgynous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh so I think she has to wear the wig. So that whoever's fucking her, like, knows they're fucking a lady.
1: You know, if we want true equality, the way they're, like, you know, pushing big is beautiful. And, like, kind of ignoring the maybe potentially unhealthy nature to people that are three, 400 pounds and whatever. But the difference is a 300-pound girl could still get dick. Like, they could flaunt it and take their pictures. And some guys are – some skinny guys are into
2: big some girls. You know how much into- harder it
1: is for a 300-pound guy to get, like, probably anybody like even yeah, the three hundred pound girls would be like, yuck. I don't so know. So we how need to many... start like making like fat dudes beautiful too, is what I'm saying. Totally. You know?
2: Um but I was saying that like I almost feel the same uh not to compare obese people with shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like uh like aroused by like the belly of a four hundred pound person. I don't know. I feel like that's a chemical like 400
1: imbalance. Four hundred is a, a is a lot. That's definitely a fetish. Like I like I'll see a big girl, you know. But like I don't mean I don't mean four hundred pounds. I mean like just a little thick. And I'm like I like that. I like a little thick versus like seeing the ribs. Totally. You know? I'll, I'll totally. even go chubby. Yeah. Like fat. Okay. But, but then but like yeah, four hundred point... pounds obese is like no. There's nothing but unhealthiness at that point. And it's hard for me to, to just co-sign the 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 magazine cover. I don't know. I guess they, they don't really push that big as, as as beautiful. Uh, Four hundred. I don't know. That's a lot of pounds. They are getting there.
2: <laughs> they are getting. That was uh, another like uh, thing in the Patrice Doc that I loved is uh, one of his old bits. <clears throat> he was talking about like how he doesn't like fat people and he doesn't like because he was a Patrice O'Neill was a very large dude, uh, and he hates how when he sees a fat guy in the street, they kind of expect like that. We have this bond, you know, uh, right. and it's like, I, we don't, we don't got nothing in common. What we like to eat, everybody eats. Uh, and he was like, I would never want to be the leader of fat people. What are we, what are we going to like go on a March? And oh, then he that, says, that
1: The million pound March.
2: The million pound <laughs> March is the best line. And, but he follows it up with that. I would be Malcolm X XL. Yeah. And, and that was the line that like, Uh, Was the
1: big punchline tag at the end? But to
2: me, Million Pound March was such a funnier line. And
1: then it gets into his comic friends talking about how that bit was his closer, his killer, and he just basically said, "Like I don't want to do that shit." They're like, "Do do the double XL bit, Malcolm." He didn't want to be another fat comedian
2: whose whole shtick is to make jokes about being fat. Like John Pinette. John Pinette was a funny ass dude, but every joke was John Pinette was obese, and all of his material, for the most part was about his obesity and making and self-deprecating obesity stuff so that right. he didn't want to be lumped in with Fat Comic you know um, <clears throat> but yeah Million Pound March is,
1: is hilarious plenty <laughs> uh, let's do not that not that but this
2: highly recommended
1: This is not going to sound great. I only hear Archie barking. Is there music? Archie, come on. Sing it, baby. (laughs) This week's
2: highly recommended album comes from the one and only Anthrax.
1: I know this uh, just because I've heard you play it dozens of times. At nauseam. Yeah.
2: Uh, This week's highly recommended album, The Persistence of Time by Anthrax from the year of my birth. Um, Anthrax is like, uh, they're a band that I go back with when I was a young man, a young boy. Uh, a, wee taking, <laughs> a wee lad? A wee lad. I was taken to see Anthrax like five, six times in grade school. Um, He's telling a story. This is the, uh, what, was, what was the original singer's name? It was like Joey
1: Belladonte or something. I'm um, sure it's not Harry Belafonte? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen them in the same place same time? He is hmm. uh, the original singer. Prove me wrong. Joey Belladonna,
2: a way hotter last name takes it in the ass. Oh, the best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is, this is an album from the Joey Belladonna era. Uh, but when I saw Anthrax as a kid, it was in the John Bush years. Uh, and I love, I love all of the Anthrax eras, but this is, this, I would say is probably probably my favorite album. Um, Intro to reality, which I just played into Belly of the Beast, like my favorite fucking metal song of all time. Uh, Got the Time is just a classic opening track, Time, classic. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely Anthrax.
1: heard songs from. I mean, I'm sure you've played this whole album when we would tour and drive around and stuff. And I never know sometimes exactly like what the groups are. Like I know I can distinct or uh, differentiate uh, like Faith No More and stuff. But then you'll switch into Anthrax and other stuff, and I don't really know who I'm listening to. But uh, those are good songs, and like Anthrax isn't a band that. I have ever listened to but every time you played that album it's definitely like I credit you for getting me into Alice in Chains because I'd never listened to them before you played some of their shit on on tour drives and then I got really into them for like a phase and listened to fucking everything um never did that with Anthrax but also like I guess just enjoyed it almost as much I guess not as much to go listen to all the shit but same like those are always good songs I kind of never knew it was them uh for sure
2: I feel like every genre of music, just like we were saying with Daft Punk uh, when we were younger and we're like, "Oh, it's fucking techno, yep. bullshit. Every genre of music, you're capable of doing that too, of lumping into one simplified definition. Uh, every metal band is just fucking...
0: Yeah,
2: Machine um, Gun Kelly, yeah. And <laughs> and then every genre, there are bands that uh, totally transcend those simplified uh, definitions and, uh, you know, make undeniably, like, talented compositions. I think Anthrax is one of those bands. This is definitely more in the, like, hair metal era of Anthrax. Joey Belladonna was more of a, type of metal guy, you know? Uh, John Bush wasn't so much. Um, uh, Anthrax is also credited with, being one of the first crossover metal to rap, uh, groups. Uh, they did a song with public enemy called, um, bring the noise in the late eighties, which is there's probably stuff that came before it, but it's often hailed as like the first big song that was like a collaboration between a metal band and a rap group. Uh, and, and they even had their own rap song. I'm the man. Which I wanted to choose the "I'm the Man" EP, but it's just not as iconic as "Persistence of Time." It's also a lot shorter. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you, if you enjoy "Persistence of Time," go back and check out the "I'm the Man" EP. Listen to
1: their silly rap song "I'm the Man." Um, I kind of remember that too, and I recall it not being like very good bars. It's it's like eighties <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh Charlie beats the beat the beat you beat. He always stays
2: hard as the smell of my feet.
1: <laughs> it's got a beastie boys uh influence. It's I love his. It. The Maybe shit. they influence the beasties. Um, but yeah, I I saw
2: Anthrax a shitload as a young man. Uh they really shaped my like uh my metal years. One time <clears throat> at the House of Blues in Chicago. And I've said this before, like. I used to love going to shows as a little boy because especially the types of shows I would be brought to were always like punk and metal and the, the people, the concert goers at those shows would always be fascinated and love seeing like a a little boy in the audience. That that was like the most metal shit to them. Big pedo crowd. (laughs) And I would, I would, I learned how to play it uh, as a young kid. I learned how to like milk, uh, being a little kid At these shows What about and this would, little like, kid's
1: milk What was going on in the crowd
2: <laughs> I learned that like I could benefit Off of people loving The fact that like This 10 year old kid Is at a hardcore metal show And at almost every show I would meet the bands I would get autographs I would get pulled on stage Jerry only hoisted me up Like Simba In front of a fucking Warped tour crowd When I was like 11 And like 6,000 people Were like Yeah It was really cool uh, one time, John Bush from Anthrax, though, pulled me on stage because I knew at that point, like, go front row and get noticed by the band and I'll get something out of it. And John Bush pulled me on stage. Uh, and I don't remember the song that they were playing, but uh, <clears throat> it's like during the hook, the chorus of the song, he puts the microphone to my mouth and I just went, I don't know the words. <laughs> St- people still cheered, thought it was yeah, awesome.
1: fuck yeah.
2: Yeah, had had some great times. Scott Ian, super nice guy. Frank Bello, super nice guy. Charlie Benante, the drummer of Anthrax.
1: Uh, I've said before is probably like got Charlie like, Benante and Joey Belladonna. They should open a fucking uh, <laughs> Italian <laughs> real <restaurant>. Italiano <laughs> names. Uh,
2: and they were like really hilariously Italian New York dudes for like a metal band.
1: I bet they uh, fold their slices of pizza when they eat it. <laughs>
2: With Charlie Benante, I think, in in my opinion, one of the greatest drummers of all time. I said before that he or Alex Van Halen are like the greatest drum solos that I ever witnessed live. Uh, Charlie Benante is a motherfucker, man. Good album. Persistence of the Time. Got the Time, uh, I would say, is is the highlight track next to Belly of the Beast. But Belly of the Beast is connected to Intro to Reality. So you got to listen to Intro to Reality into Belly of the Beast. Then got the time.
1: And then you set. You know, speaking of pedo shows, did you see how they're doing? Your boy Woody Allen on HBO? Last I read day? an
2: article. I watched uh, the first
1: episode. So
2: I didn't even realize it's out yet. Berta told me that they're making a documentary.
1: No, oh, it's okay. made. Yes. And so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I
2: was like, all right, let me look into this. And I read one article and it's abundantly clear to me from the one article, like what angle this documentary takes. and that, Is that truth? Uh, that anyone who th- who thinks what they think is not going to have their mind changed by this documentary. The guy who wrote sure. the article it's said... It's like Dave like,
1: Chappelle says Michael Jackson didn't touch those kids, but he probably did.
2: Uh, you
1: know, you yeah, can know, support know who you want doing. to support. <laughs> I know what you're doing here, and I don't
2: like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think like all the information about this case is out there. Uh, I did. Oh, read it's, this, going, it's
1: coming out. Yeah, uh,
2: that this documentary does have like home video and um, and some recordings, excerpts from Woody Allen's memoirs. Which, if that's I that's really a lot want, of the
1: narration is that's you know him talk that's probably the most he talked about it that they can use they couldn't he's not, get him. Right? Yeah, they couldn't get him for an interview. So I'm it's sure they that could, they, but they, he won't. You know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: <laughs> he says. So no. what they
2: they rely on is excerpts from his. Uh, memoir, and I'm sure that when you do that, you can take fucking you could cherry pick excerpts that are probably going to make him look shitty. Uh, I would. Well, we still haven't pre- gotten
1: into like t- talking, like hearing interview commentary from much of the Asian half of right. the family, but they're talking to like, America, like it seems the like they're going to talk to the whole family, but not him. So the, the, I guess you know the straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, everything I know about the case, though, is is
2: that. It was reviewed by two different courts. Both courts ruled in favor of Woody. One of the judges even uh claimed that the video of Dylan Farrow explaining what happened came off like a child who was coached by her mother to say what she said. Mm. Um and it's you like You gotta a, a make 30... a counter
1: documentary, dude. You gotta do Woody's side. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> well that's like why I would I
2: would if I, I'm gonna, I will watch this.
1: Yeah, um, I figured you will or have already seen it. Ep- I didn't realize episode one came out this weekend, and then i I just saw that last night and had
2: but nothing else like, on my
1: watch list. So
2: I feel like when I do, I will want to read, and I want I want to anyway read his 2020 memoir to get a full get full context of the
1: excerpts they pulled from it. You know, it's, it wasn't the only thing on my watch list. Last, that's where I ended up because I wanted to watch Judas and the Black Messiah, but Melina wasn't like, you know, per, like in the mood for a, like a real good movie. It was later, and I was like, all right, I get it. You want to watch it and pay attention? Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching right. it. That might be a Black Panther movie that could be, you know, uh, honorable of some awards. But yes, like, uh, so I, and then she's not in the mood, so we're saving that. And then I go, oh, there's a movie that I've always wanted to show her that, and it's always been on HBO Max. Like, I've looked at it up even before I had HBO Max, and now I have the ability to watch it. And I looked it up on there recently, and it was on there. And then I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're going to watch The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. And classic. I go, and I, pulling it up, they took it off HBO Max. Like, must have been this month they removed it. Because I it's kept checking, because I was like, ah, for some reason, I always want to show my girlfriend this movie. She said she never saw it. It's a classic comedy horror movie to me. And I'm just like, like, let's vibe. watch this. Peter Jackson. And then now it's like, you know, either find it illegally or buy it for Ford. I'm like, fuck you. I can't believe. Then that happens all the time. Like, I see a movie streaming and I go like, I'm deaf. We're going to watch that in the future. And then I pull it up later when it's time that I want to watch it and it's gone. It's not streaming anywhere. It's you can't find it. I used to watch the Frighteners. I I have it on VHS. (laughs) Yeah. When we were kids, I used to watch the movie a lot. Love it. she was
0: so young and beautiful
1: but I, that like pissed me off so then i was like all right i guess i'll watch fucking a pedophile documentary like, <laughs> i wanted to watch hey, other shit
2: <laughs> it's a documentary accusing a non-pedophile i'm sorry I'm an alleged like-
1: pedo doc uh yes. let's do some and, and you know what the whole term like, is soon, done
2: talking about woody allen uh the whole soon yee stuff is like it's weird it's even perhaps creepy but she's a consenting adult and they've been together for over twenty years now, so
1: Yes, but what's that it, called? At some point it's like grooming. I think there's like a, a grooming thing that's an issue to the people. I mean, I think uh, you should also, if you're going to accuse him of having groomed
2: her and They met it,
1: when they when she was
2: ten, and then would eventually only right, they got though, married. It would only be right though to get her side of the story and her side of the story is that she doesn't feel she was groomed. And that she's in a, a happy, consensual relationship.
1: Brainwashed, dude. <laughs> so I guess they met when she was 10, and then I, uh, they mentioned something about Mia Farrow finding uh, like nude photos of her that Woody had taken when she was uh, older, I guess an adult, maybe college age. Right. So sometime in that decade, groomed or non-groomed, they fell in love. Which ultimately,
2: to me, <laughs> makes sense as to why Mia Farrow would be driven to like get vengeance on this guy. You know what I'm saying you know? by by possibly making up a story to tear him down. Well, uh, usually like I've always uh, basically come to the conclusion that like it's a it's a weird family story and I'm not a member of the family and ultimately like nothing that he did uh, next to the accusation from from Dylan was illegal, and the accusation from Dylan was seen by two separate courts who ruled in his favor.
1: I so- will say that very early in the documentary, they uh, when you say like they can hand pick which parts of the excerpts to choose. everything, totally. there were there was a clip or two where it was like okay, like you're you're definitely cherry picking. There was a, a, a him in a pool like swimming towards his daughters and then saying something about like tell her you know tell mommy what you said about uh the like handsome daddy or something like is he swims over he's in his swim trunks and something about like uh handsome daddy and she's like no he's not handsome or something or some but it, it was i forget the fucking line now but it was clearly picked to be like look at him speaking to his daughter it's about his physical appearance and i was like it didn't even benign. seem weird it was like tell mommy about like you know who we call, what we call daddy swim trunks or something, or I don't know. It just seemed like a a daddy type line that in the context of this documentary put right there seems really weird, but in the pool that day, it didn't, especially nowadays if it's got the word daddy in it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't even talk to your own kid. Like sexual. Yeah. You can't even say like, come on, come to daddy, come to daddy to your own daughter. It's like, yeah, I wanted to her to take her first steps. (laughs) Can I not do that? Come to Daddy was a great movie that came
2: out last year with Elijah Wood, and I've recommended it to people. Come to
1: Daddy, great song by Aphex Twin, featured in CKY. <laughs> and every time I, re- I suggest that
2: movie to people, I feel like I have to like explain like it's not sexual, it's not
1: gay. It says come, but it's like the other <laughs> come. Uh, speaking of come. Promise it's C O M E. Speaking of come, let's do some fan voicemails. Here we go. This is two trains here. I'm just following
0: up. um, Let you guys know that, like, jerking off onto the floor is not that weird. It's actually super convenient because it's not your problem anymore. I mean,
1: obviously, I would do it, like, in my own (laughs) room. weird about it. Making your comms somebody uh, else's problem, that's weird. restaurant bathroom. Restaurant bathroom. But, like, I don't know. If I'm in, like,
2: a
0: restaurant bathroom or, like, you know, house I'm building or something. You know? It's like it's not my problem anymore. The air drives it up, goes away. Don't even fucking think about it. Go back to
1: life. Alright, you guys are gay. I'm gay too. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it just more lies. That never happened. He didn't jerk off on the construction site with the 2 by 4 frames all around him. Where were, where was your other co-workers? Watching you jerk? Semen doesn't just evaporate the corner. like water. It leaves restaurant bathroom residue. Like- restaurant bathroom. So like you're, you're yeah, dining tell in. mean in you're dining so in so you're leaving it. you're leaving a table with your family or girlfriend or somebody to go like oh I'll be right back I got to use the restroom. <laughs> and then you come right back. Um so yeah, I would agree that like yes, it's not your problem. But I disagree that it's not weird. I mean, if they figure out whose comet is, then immediately... That's DNA it, evidence, dude. You watch CSI be- and all these forensic shows. Yeah. You're busted. You busted, and now you're busted. <laughs> 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 That's great. Um, and I think this is him, too. Yo, the first time I ever heard the Palmer Square's broken language music video, and it inspired me to take a shit on my friend's floor. You guys are gay. We'll make that the interlude of the oldies album. Even though that song's not on it and that story is <laughs> also not true. <laughs> um, what else? Let's do another one here. Yo, what's up? Jerkoff guy here. A lot of jerkoff guys on our uh, Wait, which one? Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to be more specific at this point.
2: <laughs> First name's jerk, last name's off.
1: <coughs> jerk Off guy here. Just wanted to shout out Terim for turning me on to Chet Atkins. Saw that in one of his coffee videos, and I've been listening to uh, quite a lot of his stuff these past couple days. Hell yeah. I do have a question, though. Um, some of that finger picking in uh,
0: what Terram was playing reminded me of what little Latin music I listened to, mostly uh,
1: Natalia Lafricade. So I wanted to know if you had any Latin music suggestions for me because uh, I'd like to dig a little bit what were you three weeks ago, man? Chico Buarique. <laughs> Chico Buarique.
2: Chico Buarique. I mean, I already gave everybody Chico Buarique. Um, <coughs> a couple weeks ago when I was going through uh, all this Latin stuff, I did have a couple other stuff that I picked out. Um, There was one dude... Erasmo Carlos, E-R-A-S-M-O, Carlos. Uh, he rules. And um, there's a group that my my roommate turned me on to called Os Mutantes, which I think is like the mutants. Sounds about right. In Portuguese, O-S space M-U-T-A-N-T-E-S. Uh, those guys kick ass as well. So there's some Latin suggestions for you.
1: Did Nate Kiz also hit you up about him flipping that Madlib sample? Uh, he hit me up about
2: two things. When I played Chico Buarique a few weeks ago, uh, Nate Kiz sampled that. Right, I heard that. Sent me an MP3 at that beat. Well he
1: just he just flipped the the flip that Madlib flipped. <laughs> the one from Brazilian Time? He he found the song. So he uh, he heard, and this morning I listened to a draft, he sent a beat that, like, and it's not like, like, Madlib just looped that and did, like, a pad press, and and Nate was trying to disguise the sample, but it still sounds pretty cool. Pretty cool. Might have to make a song on, on that one. And then that lets us live our dream of, you know, getting on that beat, sort of, you know? Fuck yes.
2: He hit me up. I'll have to edit sh- this
1: out so we don't get flagged for the sample. <laughs> so no one can know we sampled anything. <laughs> he
2: hit me up about the Chico Borique, And then he hit me up the other day about um, uh, Mad Libs sound ancestors being uh, like a, a, a new modern classic. Yeah, and sure. having. And he said uh, that he has to watch that documentary. So the last correspondence I had was me sending him Brazil in time. So I'm glad that, that that's how that played out
1: freak yeah uh here's another voicemail hey what's up it's uh dakota from new mexico i was curious if uh the rap and
0: shit if you guys decided to quit doing that what would be your fallback and what were some <laughs> other jobs you guys have had in the past were they good or bad what was up with that and uh just ordered you guys stuff <laughs> what online was up with too, that? but you know crazy corona shipping times, so that shit should be here by the end of the month hope you like it and uh say
1: square your fags later he sent something to the po oh, i thought he was saying he ordered our stuff
0: and i uh, just ordered you guys some stuff online too but he ordered what ordered us stuff,
1: stuff. Ordered a stuff. hell cool. yeah freak yeah i hope it was um,
2: a um, adidas white zip up jacket to go with my white adidas track
1: pants sweet run dmc cuz that's what i want and a um, kingle hat this actually takes us back to episode one of the podcast, which I believe we talked about. That was the whole that first episode we did of the podcast. It was originally uh, was it, called uh, "Dipshit." D- d- what, yeah. What did your What did your boss <laughs> used to call you? Dumbass. I think it was dipshit. No, it was dumbass. <laughs> I, I, I just don't remember calling the podcast title "dipshit." I thought it was. I know it was
2: one of those, and we had to change it because Apple Podcasts won't yeah, let really you put. We used to do that a lot in the title. Um I was surprised a couple of weeks ago that it let us say don't give me no jerk off hand job.
1: Yeah, me too. I have to be very uh <laughs> picky choosy about the titles sometimes. But uh I know we talked about our jobs that we'd had uh, in that and what we what we do now. I it sucks cuz I've actually like I haven't thought thought about it, but I've had this feeling of like whatever I was trying to do professionally like a year or two ago, like I don't know if that's what I'm gonna end up doing or basically like I worked my whole life to give to give my whole life to the Palmer squares I wanted to just go full music full everything this in fact I've had the last year with nothing but time to give it all to the Palmer squares and the Palmer squares as as this organization didn't have enough like need for what I had to give we couldn't get that shit done we couldn't tour we couldn't make the videos my fucking shitty loud apartment made it impossible to record for a period of time months like so we've been so I'm like It's weird. It sucks to me that I hit this point where it's like, do I have to not stop doing this, but basically figure out that balance again cuz I used to have the Palmer Squares balance, right? I, uh, all the shit we were doing, I was balancing and it kept me productive and we were profiting and it felt good for for a period. Uh you know, short period before the pandemic. And now it's like what do I do with my time? Should I go find a video editing job? Should I freelance for fucking projects I'm not passionate about to just get extra money? Should I literally go get a part-time job this summer because like I I can and have, like, what What else am I going to do with myself? Because it's not like I'm holed up for 10 hours a day writing, and then I'm going in the booth, and then I'm mixing the beat. And it's like, I'm not. And I wish I were, but it's just the reality is I'm not. So I don't know what the fuck to do with myself in the next few years, but I should probably do something in addition to this because... This has sort of devolved into just a weekly podcast. And though right. we have a lot of work to do this year and we got a lot of catching up, so we're going to make music um, when I'm in a, my new place and we can set up the studio somewhere else. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, but in any event, it's just hard because my whole like 20s and even earlier than that, it was all towards this goal of kind of where we're at now, just paying the bills with music. And But it's getting really hard to to even do like one take shoots and stuff the same. And our resources are more limited now. And uh, I guess we also have like a standard. I don't want to just go back to shooting on just the camera at my house. Like we have Paul and, and homies that that bring production value to what we do. And now we're stepping back and it's it's a bummer. So I, I don't know. I guess video editing has always been my actual skill set that I feel like I could fall back on. Again, look, look at what Martin Scorsese is saying. Everybody needs content but not everyone knows how to make it. So I could always edit. I I Honestly, I I would probably pick up freelance editing jobs if people offered and I knew where to find those. I have the time to make a few bucks to have someone send me footage and I'll send them back a fucking thing. Is that what Uh, you want to do? No, I want to get back. (laughs) But that's the thing is I want to get back to something that I don't think exists anymore. Or like, it's not like in the near future. Like, oh, Biden says uh, the world should get back to attending shows in the fall. And we know how good the well, government timelines on this have been. So I got another at least a year of let me take what do I do with it. myself. Like, hypothetically,
2: that's not the reason uh, you have to stop making music. Right. Like if we decided a, to stop a is a very different world, thing. Yeah. Uh, like I would open a diner. Would you though? Like... That's my like pipe dream. You just uh, want to smell bacon and coffee, <laughs> or do you want
1: to do all that paperwork and pay to keep the lights on and hire a staff and start a whole business? Okay, all the, the <laughs>
2: other stuff,
1: not what I want to do, but I do want to you like. You want eggs every morning?
2: No, I want to like make it. I I like making food. I feel like I shine best at breakfast stuff. Why don't
1: you just go be a chef at a diner?
2: <laughs> I guess because it's more you just lucrative do that to own it, right?
1: maybe you might lose more money. I bet the chef gets
2: paid. Yeah, no, I always think of um, (laughs) Charles Grodin in the movie Midnight Run because that's what Robert De Niro's character wants to do when he takes Charles Grodin back and gets the $100,000. He's going to retire and he's going to open a diner. And then Charles Grodin's like, you know, a restaurant's a real
1: tricky business, Jack. More than half of them go under in the first six months. Right. That's Without even knowing that reference, that's how I feel about it. I'm... (laughs) I'm countering that. (laughs) But yeah, opening a diner would be cool. Like that's, you know, to to open your own spot, whatever it is, a a restaurant, a club or some shit would, sounds fun. It's never been my aspiration, um, I guess.
2: I like creating like what I feel at least are like original dishes or items, even though they, I'm sure they've been made a hundred times before, Uh, you know, shit like that. I I would enjoy like uh, curating a menu to a place.
1: But yeah, yeah it's hard you, to
2: <laughs> once you uh open up all those other
1: doors of of the business. It's hard to know because I do still like very much enjoy making music and making video when like the right projects are there and uh you know, things are moving. But yeah, I've just kind of always had that like audio video, that's what I'm good at and that's what I've been interested in. I really don't know beyond that without saying like yeah, I guess I'd go I don't know, join a, a team of other creatives or maybe try and do consulting for for younger uh, videographers and musicians or video editors. Like, I have, I have like, a, a knowledge base that other people could benefit from and, like, I don't know, sometimes... Pe- that's what a teacher is. Like, maybe that. Not, like, teaching per se, but, uh, yeah, consulting almost. I've dabbled in that before and they just helped people and they've given me money for input and I'm like, hmm, maybe there's something to this because apparently I know more than I give myself credit for about whatever broadcasting and editing and how we make all this shit we did the last 10 years. When they
2: build a new roller coaster, they obviously don't just let the public go ride it for the first time it ever rides, you know? So is there like someone whose job it is to like test roller coasters? Human crash test dummy.
1: <laughs> yeah. That'll be you.
2: Because I want that job.
1: Why do you want it to be more? Why wouldn't you just want it to be roller coaster ride rider? You know? That's not a job.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to. Hey, this is America, you can make, make it up. a job as long exactly. as you bring
1: your phone and blog, vlog about every fucking right. roller coaster. You'll have a job in that. You can monetize it.
2: I, are there kids out there now who in school are like, I want to
1: grow up to be a professional mukbanger. I want to be a roller coaster ride rider. <laughs> yeah, oh, muckbanger. <laughs> that that's just a hilarious word to put on a, a business card hi <laughs> what's better uh banger <laughs> idea enthusiast muck banger <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable um oh i guess i got another question or two we can do here oh did he finish his uh no oh, yeah we went back he's we're looking forward to your gift uh I went to try and scroll back to see what the
2: first episode was called, and it won't let me go that far. And I, I'm not. Gonna I
1: know I, I changed it to real jobs because okay. we talked about real job. But I swear to God, it was called dumbass at first, and that was the original title because that was what your boss said. Yeah, as far as like I, I don't I feel know, like it was dipshit. Either it was way, probably dumbass. You're both. <laughs> he, he was right. <laughs> That's either why way. it's so
2: hard to pick one because I know I was called both at <laughs> nauseum. They're synonymous. Deservingly, I always said. Uh, This most flattering thing of that job because this head chef at that restaurant was such a douchebag like verbally abusive and I came in late all the time and they would uh, punish me and I came in late one time or I might have been like clocking out and the chef and the manager were talking about me and I was like eavesdropping and the chef goes uh, he strolls in here 15 minutes late like he doesn't have a care in the world and I was like fuck it
1: yeah you are fucking I do, right. i do <laughs> oh man i, glad I I've you had noticed. a lot of bad jobs my first job was uh scooping ice cream at a baskin robbins for like when i was 15 or just turned 16 for uh sometime that year and then i worked at a party city just doing like cashier stocking the shelves doing the fucking graduation balloon orders <laughs> huffing nitrous huffing nitrous off the off the nozzle <laughs> worked at a dick sporting goods for several years uh selling shoes I, it's hilarious. I was the running. I actually run now. Like I jog when you know the weather's nice, or I'm trying to get in shape. I hate it, but it's like I'm I'm getting more uh, capable. But I was my title was the running specialist at Dick Sporting Goods for no reason other than there was a promotion, like a, a raise of a dollar or something attached to that title, and I was like, I want the dollar raise. Like so, I'm gonna apply, and I guess I was the best option. Fucking chubby non-runner. Um, so that was one. Uh, I worked at that. Uh, I mentioned how um guy just you know he worked at a a liquor store or something, and I, I also worked at like a grocer winery yeah. that was one of my least favorite jobs of all time. Douchebag bosses, like literally, uh, Ronnie from Jersey Shore was one of my bosses. It, that was him. <laughs> I think that's
2: that's like the main uh, commonality in shitty uh, young jobs. Shitty boss. The yes, the boss more so than the job itself.
1: Uh, um, yeah, yeah, the, the job was brutal. The, this job was crazy. Where like, uh, they like made you feel like bad if you had to go take a shit or something like to get, cause I'd work like a nine hour shift and it would just be me and one other guy who worked like the deli across the, the fucking store. So it's like, if I have to go to the bathroom or anything, like I need him to cover both sides and he, no one ever wanted to have to cover both sides. So anybody who had to take a shit was a jerk. So, and like even eating your lunch, there was no lunch break. You had to just kind of nibble out of a drawer on your shift. And it's like, isn't this illegal? Don't I get 30 fucking minutes if I work over eight hours right. or something? Like, fuck this place. Uh, so I hated that job a lot. And then I and worked five years a desk uh, job at, this, at the college. If you wear a diaper to work, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> but, and then, yeah, I did a ve- video production job at a college <laughs> through a few different phases over like five years. And that's the job I left in 2017 to start trying to do this more. And then I Live felt like Virginia. we started hitting our stride in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen was really like, you know, ten years in. They always say you gotta put in your like ten years, ten thousand hours and all that shit. Like we put in a decade and it it paid off. We made it to this big checkpoint of like self uh um you know, self managed and creating and we cut out the like studio costs and we were recording ourselves and we were finding this flow and then it got shat all upon. Um so yeah, getting back to recording is is it's, a necessity. It's but um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like,
2: uh, am kind of feeling like maybe at some point 2021, we tour in, in just all the places that we can.
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I saw like Ohio is, you know what there may, I, uh, I texted you, there may be an, an Ohio opportunity in June or July or something. So, uh, I'm there. there's, there's more to hear about it, but if, if that were an offer, we would take it. And, uh, you think, uh, Cedar point will be open. No.
2: <laughs> Go test some roller coasters before the show.
1: Um, another voicemail here.
0: Yo, Term. back, Anthony from Lowell.
2: Again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, years ago, I remember you guys posting like a question or something. Maybe it was like your Twitter question thing that y'all did. And uh, one of the questions was, what does Term say? beginning of bareback house. All these years later, I have yet to figure out what the fuck he says. I have the a bunch not of moving? things that I think he may have said, but I'm not going to embarrass myself that way.
1: Hmm. Uh, what? So Come on. Just
0: please put my mind to rest and let me know what the fuck it is term Oh, forgetting.
1: he said you must be off meth or some meds.
0: <laughs> beginning before I act starts Fuck.
1: Wait, wait! At the beginning of your verse, or before I start rapping, which would be you go before me. So, okay, he he
2: just flipped it up. He got confused. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. The Um, beginning of my verse, right at your
1: movement is not moving. Uh, So, what's the next line?
2: Hey, yo! Your movement is not moving. A hop, skip, and a jump through the hoops, and I guess I gotta wear a costume to do it. Sick of the robbery. Sick, Sick of the wannabe, wannabe intellectuals. intellectuals.
1: Property theft bothers me, but, but I, I guess, guess we do. So that was, that was a commentary on uh, line biters, people who steal raps or steal. And also, uh, what, um, something about Hopson, right? You were mad at Hopson for doing something? I
2: don't think it was mad, but I feel like a hop, skip, and a jump through the hoops. I guess I got to wear a costume to do it was directed at Hopson at the time.
1: Why you always got to take jabs at people that don't deserve <laughs> it? <laughs> and,
2: and people who could body me. Um, <laughs> it was just like, because he wears those goofy contacts and it's, it was just a comment
1: on like how to get... Yeah, he'll, he'll dress up for, but that's, so do we, you know, we, at the time, I guess we didn't, we were, we were all purist about it. Like, no, just listen to the porous, man. You shouldn't have to wear a, a suit in a music video.
2: Um, or like, you know, tattoo my face or dye my hair a certain way.
1: Um so yeah your movement is a slightly, not
2: moving slightly slightly uh like a touch of that early days um uh what's the word
1: what is the word <laughs> bird bird pompous ass the word um here's one last thing real That's quick what we always describe our um our names as come on
2: now pretentious yes it's 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 not as pretentious as calling myself terminal knowledge but
1: there's some some pretension there terminal k sounds better uh let's do this last little thing
0: hey i live on armitage and Kedzie and logan can we meet up for merch and i will pay you cash thank you very much have a wonderful day this
1: is our pal hudson uh i got uh i already screened this on instagram and yeah term's actually doing delivery service in chicago now for extra money Uh, i mean i said i could (laughs) uh sometimes we do get a package
2: where it's like um Mm -hmm. i dropped off one of the hoodies to somebody's apartment building because i was like i i don't want to fucking pay shipping costs even though they paid for shipping and uh you know go deliver this to a post office and have them have to wait uh it's like five minutes out of the way from when I drive home from your place. So I'll just, I stopped off and just threw it in their lobby.
1: Is it safe to say, uh, this, any stuff purchased this week or next won't be shipped until early March? Cause you're, um, out?
2: I have some things here. Like somebody ordered two CDs and oh, I you have brought some shit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I have a box of CDs here and I can ship those. I brought some of the bumper stickers, but yeah, a couple people, if you ordered a shirt, uh, last week,
1: it's not going to be shipped
2: until March third.
1: Um, and wrapping it up, let's do a few. Um, so, what did YouTube this guy comments? ask? <coughs> oh, he didn't ask anything. Yes, or yeah. Can you bring him? Uh, or can you pick s- up the merch?
2: <laughs> I said I'd do it, but on in in his DM and shit, he was kind of more implying like a hangout, and I was like,
1: ah! he was also the same guy that said when I took a few weeks off that uh, he would sub in and do a podcast with you. <laughs> Just so he would just come on by and do one. So we should Um. like almost should do that just for the sake of how awkward
2: (laughs) it could be funny how terribly awkward it
1: is to hear that Hudson. We're not opposed. Um, So when you and term hang out, uh, you guys (laughs) let me know. Catch me up on what you guys discuss. (laughs) <laughs> um and i think we will be skipping an episode next week because i'm gonna have my hands full literally of boxes and all sorts of tasks right moving on uh you know this weekend into march 1st there uh monday would usually be our recording day but i think that's going to be a hectic day so um we will return in two weeks and until then let's read a few uh youtube comments and get the fuck out of here Uh this one's on the last live stream we did TBH, the wood cover, was so good. What song did you play again at the beginning? Loving Arms. Me ir- Loving Arms. I uh, was critical. I'm my own biggest critic.
2: But You, you, guys you didn't are too think kind. you
1: killed it? <laughs> no, I never do. Um, so there's that. And then it says on the So Long video... We have to in- like, next oh. time... Um,
2: I have like a... Uh, I have like a a cord for my acoustic guitar. There's this thing that like goes into the the hole, and then it <laughs> plugs, <laughs> and then the other end plugs into like a a quarter inch. Um, so maybe we can like amplify the guitar next time and have the mic on a stand.
1: Yeah, we should. We there there might be a few things we need to I don't know to purchase soon. Like even setting up the studio again. Like let's maybe we'll, do it. we'll get an extra mic stand. You know, let's get some shit if we need some shit because we gotta be get back honest. to work this summer. tbh we have uh we have quite a wing stash a what stash uh like wing money oh yeah yeah we it sucks we would have done a um a live stream like this week probably it's been about a month i wanted Uh, to do a
2: a valentine's one yeah but term's
1: also an idiot and he said that like (laughs) four days before valentine's day it's like what you think you're gonna rehearse enough for guy who only remembered 80 percent of his (laughs) lyrics last time I did you a favor by saying, no, we'll do <laughs> the march. <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, so anyways, there's a uh, Rehypnol. Been jamming y'all since 2011. Shit has always been fire. Double fire emoji. So long video. Is this reggae? Term, you want to take this one? So long? I guess the uh, short answer would be no. <laughs> Is that
2: a reply to something? Why would you ask? That? <laughs> it's reggae. No,
1: it's just gay. <laughs> yeah. Sans reg. Um... And then we got MC Showcase, still coming back to this. Speaking of twenty eleven. Fuck, ten years ago. Uh Jack Harlow Remix. Fire emoji as always. We need a new album, fam.
2: I was watching that reminds me, um I think it was Brazil in Time on YouTube. Uh that was I was watching it. Uh, and I went down to the comments and there was one guy who's commented like eight times. And his first comment is from like eight years ago. And it's like, you know how great this is. And then another comment from seven years ago, it's like back after another year to enjoy every <laughs> comment is like, it's been eight years and I'm still coming back to the. I love this dude. Yeah. Uh, and just replying to time. himself
1: annually. <laughs> it's like a ritual. I thought it was great. And what a great video. Oh, also I, uh, I want to put a, Um, What is this? uh, An alert out. uh, This is a fucking, the bat signal to all our fans. Uh, Listen to With or Without It, uh, if you haven't heard it in a while. Run some streams because uh, I checked and we're coming up on the one year anniversary and we're also coming up on a million streams of that fucking album. And wouldn't it be cool if they coincided on the same day? It's probably not going to happen. We're probably going to miss it by like 5,000 streams, but run it up, run it back, and then uh, we'll hit you with a compilation of oldies on the streaming services shortly after that. But, yeah, dude, the one-year anniversary of With or Without It is coming up probably the week we return, uh, week after next. So thanks to everybody for listening to that and for continuing um, to come back year after year and listen to old shit. Appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, give us that
1: M. We're trying to get the M for the the one-year Annie. As I believe the children put it. Whole lot of M's in my face. That was the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little Oozy quote. He's like, ugh, I don't speak this language. All right, uh, word video. Someone comments, word. How apropos. Live stream. Are either of you Jewish? Hope not, but just checking. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> and what if I was, dude? Then we got beef. I consider myself
2: a member of the tribe, um, but my mother is not a Jew, and my family doesn't practice any religions.
1: Um but I would I would raised, say uh
2: a Christian boy. I wouldn't have been spared were this Germany in the 1930s. Uh no. I'd have been I'd have been put on the trains.
1: Between the two of us, there's only like twenty-five percent Jewishness. And it's all in terms half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um acknowledge bumping my speakers every day, acknowledge that in 2021. <laughs> Uh huh. Six, seven, eight. E O M Zoog cipher. Fire truck following three fire emojis. So it's going the wrong way. Actually, the fire truck is leaving. I am. Um, it's fleeing the flames. It's for one go. year, I got a cactus jack
2: action figure uh, for Hanukkah. So I think that makes me Jewish.
1: Um, I got and- a
2: I got a hairbrush for Hanukkah when I was a kid. <laughs>
1: That's how a term learned to sing so, so well, was just turning his hairbrush upside down in the mirror.
2: Any Anyone who got eight crummy gifts for Hanukkah when they were a kid
1: is a certified Jew, the way I look at it. So He's <laughs> certifiable, you guys. <laughs> I'll wear my armband with honor. And number 10, the goodbye video with Will. Please do another one like this one, guys. Love the passing off to one, one and other like this. <laughs> one and other. I guess it <laughs> works. I guess it works. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Rid- ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: Ridiculous. Completely <laughs> ridiculous. You fellas have a lot of growing up to do, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> um, Didn't we... Wasn't Acknowledge another one like that with trade-offs and shit? One and one and other? Oh, the middle of it. Maybe he means like with a third person. Sure. I guess that whole song is like... Uh, Run a we train. We will it. Run as a it train were. on the it, beat. Yeah, but it's kind of like all different. Like it's more there's less form to it, you know, it's not like right. as symmetrical. It's just kind of get in with these six bars and then these um, four and then we did that it with pen. hall of famers. Yeah. What I'm saying is we've done it. <laughs> we do it and we we'll, do it. Well, we'll do it again. Uh, thank you guys. Thank for you. The guitars and cars, guitars and cars. Um, You've been listening to the TPS Sports Podcast, episode one eighty five. Right in, uh, we've got two weeks or one week off here, but uh, two weeks to send in some stuff for us. Uh, TPS Reports Podcast at gmail.com. 708-797-3079. Give us a call. Leave and you know what? I know we we totally bailed, and that's my bad on the Grammys bit. But isn't that going to be happening? Like, when is that again? Isn't, we March. were wrong. We thought it was yeah. Isn't it early March? So maybe we can actually Might just do like March. a. Do a tag. All right, maybe it isn't in two weeks, but Grammy is twenty two. Who the fuck knows? Get some merchandise. Spooky slash shop. March fourteenth. Um, okay. So yeah. Oops. Um and Patreon.com slash Palmer Squares. Uh like I said, we'll we'll have more to say about it, I guess, in two weeks, but we are going to release a oldies compilation. Songs songs as recently as I don't know, like bars and lend me your ears and maybe something even more recent than that. And then there's stuff on this album that's like over 10 years old, just like some Obi of the earliest shit. Uh, and this is, yeah, there's just enough Lucy's out there to, to make a little compilation. A lot of fans have asked for, Something like that, and and for these songs individually for years, whichever they were, you go look at the music video or whatever the SoundCloud link, and it's just people saying, "Can we get this on Spotify?" So yeah. they're coming. They're gonna come. Uh, I think end of March, but we're gonna yeah make some art and uh, get all that squared away.
2: Um, where I was like, uh, my bars are really dope, and the song isn't out, so
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's some um, good stuff on there. And it, I it, Like I said, I... it's going to be cool for fans who just discovered us in the last few years because there's a very low likelihood they've heard a lot of these because they're just kind of like lost in the ether until we make this this mix. So they're coming. Lost, lost in the... Right, like... Come on. What do you got?
2: <laughs> I'm not going to say it.
1: No! <laughs> I'm not going to go there, bro. Uh... <laughs> 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 with or without it, by the way, uh, celebrate the one-year anniversary with a vinyl purchase at bishoprecords.com. Oh, is there any better way I don't to think do so. such a thing? Quite frankly, I've pondered this, and I don't think so. Um, and yeah, leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. That'd be cool. And oh yeah, the uh, PO Box, 25627, uh, Chicago, Illinois, 60625. Someone's sending us something. Maybe someone will send us something else. Maybe we'll have to move our PO Box, since I won't live like put it, make it your local post office, right. uh, you know, we, we um, know. I'm going to, I'm leaving the neighborhood here. So. Yeah, yes. I, I used it. to
2: have to like physically change the return address when we send merch. Cause it would generate where you live right now. And the past couple of I'm still going to do that
1: probably at my new place unless you. Right.
2: But I have like it. a template where I reprint them, where it covers it with the PO box. But I stopped doing that recently because I know you were moving. Um, so anyone who gets yeah, a, a package place. with a return
1: address uh, on Campbell Avenue, yeah, don't I highly s- recommend you send the upstairs neighbors <laughs> anthrax. You see, I, you see, I did that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, looking forward only- to that.
2: Only uh, ball jar farts go to that end.
1: <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to me bitch and whine through most of the year uh, about this this apartment. And like Term said last week, I hope you all look forward to hearing me complain about the new atmosphere. There better be something new. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. Um, uh, no, I'm really excited. I'm moving. It's happening. It's happening. I'm excited for you, too. I'm excited for myself. It's going to be cool to not be there. <laughs> See, even I can't have guests.
2: Nobody wants to come here. Uh, even when the neighbor won't shut the fuck up, the radiator the radiator, wait, it's too hot. Two. It's too loud. <laughs> even I'll when the neighbor up. will shut the fuck up, the radiator won't.
1: Um, and it's just beyond that. Like I said, even this morning, it's pre 8am and then you got somebody outside just like s- slashing ice apart. It's, <laughs> it's very loud. Um, no, I think, uh, especially and there, look, after- it's winter. There's going to be that winter noise and shit. It would be honestly much easier to deal with like snowblower like, that's all, very fair noises to hear, but I'm so like at my wits end when I do hear that shit. It's like I'm already, I'm already my my cup is already brimming. I'm just like fuck.
2: No, I think uh, after the monotony <laughs> of the last year, just to change your environment and change the pace of things, it's gonna be dope.
1: Yup, uh, new energies. It's a celebration, um, you guys. I'm moving out. New, also bumper stickers.
2: On sale, five dollars a piece at spookylanguage dot com slash shop.
1: Mm-hmm. Celebrate! Put a bumper sticker on your car on March tenth while playing the with or without it vinyl. As we resume work in if a you, um, better apartment studio. If you kidnap somebody
2: and you need to shut them up and you're all out of duct tape, it's the perfect size to. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, right over, right <laughs> over the. Pie-hole. Uh thanks for listening everybody once Pie-hole. again um what's that some follow, kind of cracker of slang f- follow a terms playlist of the week he doesn't update it but it's a playlist you can follow and um updated it this morning bitch uh smoochy gang playlist and what i'm Spotify. gonna do right now is i'm gonna add
2: persistence of time and anybody who fucking happens to see the playlist no one's gonna before see it. this episode gets up exactly
1: i always there. do that i always put the fucking ending song in over the weekend i've already <laughs> done forget. it don't forget All right, um, like I said, I'm moving. It is a celebration. So why don't we play a song called Celebration by Cicero. This is uh, the homie from Tropidelic James' uh, side project I saw promoting this week. Check it out. It's called the Aubrey Plaza LP. We just talked about her, too. So how apropos.
0: Oh, hot. Want to touch the hiney.
1: So wish me luck, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with us. And we shall return in March uh enjoy the week off you guys uh we'll see you next time tbs words podcast good luck thank you kill whitey yo celebrate
2: sir one more outburst and i will strangle you with my microphone wire if Tolkien can rap, J.K. the kids spit. Run around like Dan Brown, a Da Vinci with licks With the Vonnegut twist, yo i base the manifesto But the blood won't mask the fact money lack
0: to let the stress go Perspective is a motherfucker, best believe I live it And most of us go up and underwriting to statistics Understand that I'm with it, then I'm in the deposition Plead the fifth, all you want, I'll finesse it, get acquitted, be Me, myself, and Melancholy, disconnected lyrics Hold me close and tiny dance let me see you swing your hips Tasted the lies upon your lips, but I hope you keep breathing Forget my hesitation Just consulting my demons Ragamuffin from Cleveland And I cannot rest my case Give you credit in the intro From the time you chose to race And you can't keep the pace And I guess there's a reason Yo, Decolla, turn the shit up Cause I'm trying to hear my heat So gather round, gather round It's a celebration And I pray that what you found That it was worth waiting What goes around comes around I finally found patience And I'm flipping through the book of life Trying to put my page in Within the wind a twisted weed within his library Know where to keep it alone and loose And nobody knows I carried Hollow dictionaries for the cannabis that I buried In between the texts of the author that don't mind Tearing deep into the mind And to be what they do The master always leave behind and a piece so of what they do. knew The Herman has kicked too quick The Sun zoo And the and he went and put a spell up over you Discovered prophecies In Plato's dialogues quoted Socrates Ancient anthropologies The art of war steeped in its philosophies the tragedies of that gorilla poe and those are soft These and the only types of folks who seized a go be jockey. g And it's not gonna be a surprise when you go to try and copy me, copy me We gotta get the people together on this one, man Yo so gather round, gather round It's a celebration And I pray that what you found That it, it was worth waiting What goes around comes around I finally found patience I'm flipping through the book of life Trying to put my pages I'm finally making time for my health I've come to find it's hard to lie When you're just left with yourself I ain't been working Just be yearning for material wealth I'm a search for a better self And I don't need any help So now I hope you can tell That every time I try it all Just seems to fade away I'm sick of my routines And i never finding the words to say That for things to get better Well there's a problem the pain. So sayonara old me, cause I ain't got no time to waste And I ain't got no fucking shame, I'ma take it day by day I'm owning up to who I was to figure out how to behave It's way too easy to imitate what's on TV Cause we want the life we see, but not willing to dive in deeply My goals have been changing weekly, I focus on one thing briefly Then my lack of motivation makes me bloody and sleepy But see those hands if you feel me, you ain't got time for me clearly But on your journey to inner peace, may you never grow weary So gather round, so gather round. It's a celebration, and I pray that what you found that it was worthwhile Waiting. What goes around comes around I finally found patience and to flip it through the book of life Trying to put my patience. get Gather round gather round It's a celebration And I prayed that what you found it it was worth waiting What goes around comes around I finally found patience and to flip it through the book of life Trying to put my patience. get Gather round gather round It's a celebration And I pray that what you found it it was worth waiting What goes around comes around I finally found patience to flip it through the book of life Trying to put my patience. get Gather round gather round it's a celebration, and I pray that what you found, if it was worth waiting. What goes around comes around. I found the foundation, and I flipped the flip truth. The book of life, trying to put my pages.